Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com forward slash swoopsworld. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. That's audibletrial, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L.com forward slash swoopsworld. You're listening to the Talk Story Radio Network. Welcome to another edition of Swoops World, right here on the new Talk Story Radio Network. Swoops World, where you get all you need to know about arts, culture, news, and happiness. Our number, if you want to give us a call tonight, is 562-912-3444. You can always email us at swoopsworld at gmail.com, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter. Once again, if you want to give us a call, that number is 562-912-3444. Now just sit back and enjoy Another edition of Swoops World on the new Talk Story Radio Network. another edition of Swoops World Late Night. It is Wednesday, June 10th, 2015. How's it going, Peter? It's going all right. Big night tonight. Our first guest is Joan Benedict Steiger, and uh, we'll get to talk to her. She's an actress. Um, she's done all kinds of things, uh, you know, and she's you know, just really interesting, been in, the, been in the game a long time, and looking forward to having a chance to talk to her and, and uh, you know, see what she's up to and, and uh, learn a lot, of, a lot about uh, the history that she went through. And she, I was looking at her IMDb. She's been on every TV show that I used to watch. I mean, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, T.J. Hooker and, uh, <laughs> yeah, all, all, kind, all kinds of stuff. And, uh, you know, of course, she was married to Rod Steiger, and uh, she played Leona Helmsley uh, on stage. And so it uh, should be an interesting to chat, chance to chat with her. How's your week been? Been okay, you know. Uh, coming down, winding down the end of the school year, so that's always a little bit of anxiety. <laughs> figure out how I can entertain those little munchkins. Uh, and then we did the cool bike ride on the weekend. That, that was, was fun. fun. Yeah, was, absolutely. Uh, so props to, uh, I don't know, everybody who was involved, but we know Evan Kelly did some of that, and I think uh, Blair was part of that, Blair Cone. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, who our, whoever else was. Good job, guys. You did a, is a, is a, I thought it was a pretty good event. They closed down a total of six miles uh, between here and Houghton Park, if you're, those of you familiar with Long Beach, and, uh, and we rode it all. There and back. Yeah. And uh, I thought it was a great, especially considering it was a first-time event, uh, very few hitches, at least that I saw, and uh, it was enjoyable, very enjoyable. Did My a good kids job. Loved it. Yeah, they did a good job and, and enjoyed the ride, and uh, you know, nice turnout. And uh, you know, it's first time turnout. You know, and I've I've done the Ciclavia thing, and it's probably got about five times the amount of people there. Right. But uh, it was so much easier to, to cruise up and down. Uh, you know, and, and and like you said, you know. Um, all the businesses were participating, so it gave people a chance to check out some new stuff. And yeah. It was great. It was great. I had a good time. So uh, props to them for that. That was good. Yep, yep. So how about you? Anything new? Uh, no, man. I, uh, I co-hosted on the Rob Saul show last night. Nice. And uh, we had a chance to chat and, and talk and listen about his crazy life. <laughs> and it's always fun. It's always fun uh, hanging, uh, hanging on there with, uh, with Rob and, and, and talking and 
and uh, you know he's on another new new network ne new network. And so uh, it was the first time on uh, I think it's called Ripped Radio Network. So we had a chance to uh, expose him to the to the Rob Saul taint. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man! After our guest, after Joan uh, Benedict Steiger, who will be on coming on in about uh, about six minutes. Then uh, of course we'll do our Brewski's beer tasting. And uh, Anthony Davis will be calling in about uh, a little bit after that. And, of course, T-Bone, T-Bone's time out. So we've got a full night. We're going to take our first break and come back and get our guest on. What do you say? Sounds good. You are listening to Swoops World on the Talk Story Radio Network. And this here is James the Day. Come My Way, recorded live in our old studio. Uh, come My Way. So long, ever since he left, I always thought I heard her crying. I still watched her as she moved on. All the time I dreamed that we, from the start, were meant to be. Don't cry, little bird. Pick yourself back up and try to dry your tears and learn to fly away again. Don't cry, yeah, 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 yeah. Touch the sky, touch the sky. Take me with you when you have to go. Won't you come my way whenever you're leaving? Take me with you when you have to go. Won't you come my way? Whenever you're leaving Just come and rise so high like a shining star See it just by leaving that you're coming too far Why you won't compete against the all for the cost All the minister you bring the financial laws The melody that brings together all as she sings Wildly different patterns and the style that she brings Come step up, reel up, reel up, hit me again With a little bit of something that you like When you come I'll be waiting there Ready to bear witness to the things And when you see you don't care About the superficial type with things you don't like No situations come to bear Too much time crying Many, 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 many tears for the cause All the while you should sing your song To the stars make up for lost years Tears that they brought and gained From the freedom that you got I tell you now, don't cry little bird Pick yourself back up and try to dry your tears and learn to fly away again now. Don't cry, rise and touch the sky. Spread your wings and fly so high. Take me with you when you have to go. Won't you come my way whenever you're leaving? Take me with you. Psst, 
It's me, your heart. High blood pressure is serious, and if you think I'm just going to keep ticking away, you're wrong. I can quit whenever I want, but I like my job. Just treat me better. Maybe we can do some exercise on occasion? After all, we're in this together. Don't let your heart quit on you. High blood pressure can lead to a stroke, heart attack, or death. Get yours to a healthy range before it's too late. Find out how at heart.org slash blood pressure. A message from the American Heart Association, the American Stroke Association, and the Ad Council. Every day I wake up at 5 to give dad his medicine. Every day I wake up at 5 to give dad his medicine. At 6 I make his breakfast. Every day I wake up at 5 to give dad his medicine. At 6 I make his breakfast. At 7 I shower. Every day I wake up For at those five caring for a loved one, we hear you. That's why AARP created a community to help us better care for ourselves and the ones we love. Visit aarp.org slash caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. You're listening to the Talk Story Radio Network. Hey, this is Sean Paul on the Wall, and you're listening to Swoop. And welcome back to Swoop's World on the Talk Story Radio Network. Hey, we, uh, we're going to be calling in our, our guests here in about one minute. Peter, I just need to f- f- fix something here real quick, and... Uh, We'll get that going. Um, there was something else I was going to ask you, man. Um, you, you know, when, you, when you know, we talked about the ride this weekend, and, and you know the, how well how well set up it was. That was your first one doing something like doing one of those, right? You didn't you never done, you didn't so. do the Ciclovia. I've never been, no, I've never been to any of the Ciclovia stuff. We've done the tour. I've done the tour. That, that'd be the closest thing. Yeah. Uh, which is, I guess it's similar, but it's a different concept, I guess overall. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so it was the first first one for me. I thought uh, so. I haven't got anything to compare it to uh, as far as the other events go. But um, I mean, we've uh, we've done some first time a- inaugural events, and we've participated in some inaugural events. And, yeah, uh, you know, sometimes those can be pretty, <laughs> especially if more people show up than expected. Exactly. And, uh, I have a feeling just because I did talk to some of the people who, who were involved a little higher up. A little rank in the volunteer, yeah, uh, 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 thing, and uh, they definitely were impressed with the number of people that they were getting, and that was I was talking to them at like eleven, you know, so early on, it yeah, got much much busier. So, uh, so like I said, uh, from what I saw, uh, I'm sure there were some hiccups, but uh, I, you know. What I saw, it looked like a pretty well-run first-time event. That's so cool, man. Those guys uh, more or less nailed it. Exactly. Think, uh, at least from what I could see. Well, let's uh, let's give our let's give our guests a call and, and get a chance to chat with her and, and see what's been happening and uh, what's all's going on. Sounds good. Let's see here. Do, 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 do. Where's that background music, man? Right off your kazoo? Hello. Hello. We'd like to welcome veteran actress of television, film, and stage, Joan Benedict Steiger, to the show. How are you doing, Joan? I'm doing great, thank you. 
it, it's a, it's an honor and a pleasure to have you on the show and and I have a chance to talk to you and, and, and you've done so many things over the years and and uh, I'm sure we we'll only have a, a little bit of chance to touch on just a few of those things but uh, thank thank you so much for joining us. Uh, well, it's my pleasure. I'm, I'm uh, surprised myself when I look over it at all these things. I say, I can't believe, my God, where did the time go? When, when did I do all this stuff? When did I do all this memorizing? <laughs> oh, because the strange thing is, is that when I was in school, I never could remember anything, and memorizing, that was my worst thing. <laughs> but it just goes to show you when you want to do something and something you love, <laughs> you do it. So, Well, I, you know, I, I, that's interesting. I, I see, you know, I was looking at your bio, and you actually started off at a young age uh, dancing and involved in ballet and tap, huh? Yeah, well, actually, I, I never danced professionally because uh, I started, I, I studied, and I I still tap three times a week, but um, I started uh, my acting at eighteen. Yeah, and and uh, I, I I see you were you were within uh, the. Um with Stella Adler and Robert Lewis, uh, and everybody, yes. everybody's heard of both of them as, as far as you know what they what they created as uh, the, the method, the style of uh, acting yeah. that they they brought to the table. Yeah, they were uh, well. They were uh, the founders of the uh, group theater and everything. Yeah, the original founders. So, um, so when I finally worked with uh, Rod years later, um, it was great because. Um, you know, we both work the same way. <laughs> but, but he he received a few more accolades than I did. <laughs> yeah, you. So you were you were married three times, and 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 uh, and and as you put it, you know, in your in your bio, just three wonderful men. And uh, oh, just tell, tell us a little bit about uh, you know you know your first husband. He was he was well, a, a stage actor, huh? Oh yes, he did uh, three Broadway shows. He was the uh, uh, star of the um, Sound of Music, the original national company, and he was uh, picked by Richard Rogers. He had an incredible singing voice, and um, uh, he uh, was the funniest man alive. As a matter of fact, when they called him in, they had seen um, Richard Rogers happened to be watching the Jack Carr show. And John was uh, doing his uh, comedy, and so uh, William Morris called uh, John in to uh, meet with Richard Rogers uh, at the Lunt Fontaine Theater. And I went with him, and I stood, and I'll never forget, in the back of the theater. It was the theater was empty except for Mary Martin, Richard Rogers, Vinnie Donahue, the director, Leland Hayward, all the greats, and uh, John walked around the stage, and he originally was called in to play the comedy role of Max, but when he walked around the stage, he was handsome and six foot two and very elegant. Uh, we heard somebody called out. Uh, loudly and said, well, he's not Max. And I thought, oh my gosh, what happened? <laughs> and Richard Raj says, he's Captain Von Trapp. <laughs> so in a second, he got that. And, and ironically, because uh, he did the show for three years, and 
he started out with comedy, and he was just tremendously funny. And after the tour of Sound of Music, and when he was uh, uh, working here in Hollywood, we remember somebody said, uh, oh, <laughs> yeah, well, does he do comedy? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> after doing the straight role. And then another, another uh, comment from another casting agent was, well, he's a foreign actor, <laughs> because he did an accent to Captain Montre. Oh, my God, it was really strange. Then he finally got back into doing all the comedy, and he was doing on all the Love American styles and um, and the Hogan's Heroes, all of those. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, so. I, I was just telling Peter, my co-host here, that I, I was looking at your bio. You've been on all the shows that I've ever ever used to watch on a regular basis. You've been on all oh. of them. And <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> yeah. You, well, I, I, I started when I was about 18. I was on the Steve Allen show. That was my first uh, big show. I was on that for a year. I started out uh, doing the... Um, on the one-hour uh, Sunday night show, and I was doing the, um, at the time, it was a a, um, uh, oh, a cosmetic uh, called Hazel Bishop. It was like Revlon. And I did all the live commercials. And uh, so I was doing that for about a year, and then I, I worked into doing the sketches on the Steve Allen show. Yeah, and that, that I mean, that, that was... From what I remember, I mean, I was a young kid, and, I, and what I remember my parents talking about and things like that. Yeah. That was one of the first really big variety shows, right? Oh, it was fabulous because it was, you know, the Tonight Show, but only it, there were all these skits that were done. And, you know, it was all Don Knotts and Tom Post, and, and uh, it, uh, oh, it was fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Really funny people. <laughs> And that's and that's an interesting thing because you, you you it seems like you've done you you've done quite a quite a bit of comedy yourself and, yeah, and, and uh -huh. but you've also played I mean Leona Leona Helmsley and I, I gotta imagine yeah. that that had to be um, you seem like you're really you know, like a lot of fun and 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 that, and, and that yeah. had to be a, a difficult role to to, to, to grasp. Well, um, actually, I'm like two people. <laughs> <laughs> Because I see the comedy and everything every day, uh, and um, and I've been around my whole life, and with with uh, my husband John, and then a, a comedian. So I mean, the really, I've been around Jonathan Winters and and Robin Williams. You know, I mean, I was with great comedians, and uh, and yet I uh, I really am a dramatic actress also. Yeah. yeah, very very strong women that I quite like. When I did Leona, I, uh, that was really one of my favorite plays, and um, I was very proud of doing that. I worked very hard. Uh, I worked on it for about six months, yeah. and that was at the time when uh, Leona was in uh, jail at the time. So, now you were you were also married to one of my favorite actors, Rod Steiger, and uh, yeah, and you, you guys met. Uh, initially, it sounds like you met when you were young, and uh, yeah. then years later, you guys reconnected. That's exactly it. We met at the same time that I, I met all all the guys at the same time in New York. I worked with all of them, 
and I wound up with with all of them. <laughs> um, yeah, I well, I, I met uh, uh, Rod at the same time that I I met John just before John got the Sound of Music, and um, Rod was um, doing uh, Rashomon on Broadway, and um, then I met him doing a show called Masquerade. And it was a television show uh, that um, all the uh, visiting big stars would do, uh, like Bert Lancaster and uh, Fernando Lamas. I worked with Fernando Lamas, and then I met uh, Rod. And so um, I remember we were in the uh, makeup room, and Rod said, come here, little girl. (laughs) (laughs) He invited me to dinner and um, uh, read his poetry. He he was a great poet. He had been writing poetry since uh, he was uh, a little boy, and he wrote every day uh, terrific poetry. So he invited me to dinner and to see uh, the play, because he was doing Rashomon at the time. And um, so that's um, and we started uh, dating, and so we had a great, uh, really great love affair in New York. And then he had to come back to Hollywood uh, to do a film, and um, um, then I got dating John. And um, then years later, uh, after John had passed away out here, um, I got this call. Uh, Joan Benedict, yes. This is Rod Steiger. I nearly fell over. <laughs> and it was uh, all those years later, and I said, well, how did you find me? Said, Joan, I'm Rod Steiger. <laughs> and um, so we got together, and then uh, we were married here at our home uh, in Malibu, and we traveled all over the world. We had a great, great marriage, yeah. You, 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 your career came about at a time when it, it seems, and you correct me if I'm wrong, uh, a lot of the people that were coming or were on TV and in the movies had had really substantial careers on the stage. And it seems like it's, it, although a lot of actors and actresses still come from the stage, it seems like a lot of them are come right to right, right to TV and film, and then, and then a few of them go work the stage because that's something they've always wanted to do. Uh, yeah. Is that true? Well, yes, but I was backwards because I started in television and worked. I didn't get to start doing plays until I was out here. Oh, wow. <laughs> in California. And I wound up doing 40, 40 plays. Yeah. Well, I was a member of three acting groups, three big acting groups, and uh, I don't know, I worked all the time. Oh, I, I love this stage. <laughs> Is you know when when you I know everything you prepare for it's a little bit different and 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 you know we have talked to a lot of people and they say you know at least you know on film a lot of time you know, I get to take so many takes but on the stage you get the immediate feedback from the audience and stuff like that and oh, I've also not, seen you done one one woman show so tell us a little bit about that. Well, uh, I worked about six months learning it, and as a matter of fact, on opening night. Um, the director said, now, Joan, don't worry about a thing because I'll be off stage here and I'll cue you. I said, you will not. <laughs> oh, my God. Can you imagine getting your whole trend of thought? Oh, my God, no. 
anyway, it was, uh, God, I just, I'm so proud of that. It was very well received, and, um, yeah, it's the best thing I've done. It was a really terrific role, and um, I love this. There's, nothing, there's absolutely nothing <laughs> like being on the stage and yeah. performing, oh, my God, just before before you say your first words, you are that you can hear a pin drop, <laughs> and you've got all these people are just glued into what you're going yeah. to say. And the thing is that, uh, unlike the film, which is wonderful, it's just another art. Right. But you, uh, you are, you have instant communication with all of these souls out there. It is, I, I just can't describe it. It's, it's fabulous. <laughs> it, 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 seems, it seems it would be so. And, and like you said, you know, even going to plays, you know what? There's, there's kind of that uh, uh, atmosphere where everybody's kind of a little charged up, and then, the, you know, they, fl- yeah. they fl- flick the lights, so you go and you take your seat. Yeah. And oh, all the anticipation uh-huh. and everything. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's just so thrilling. I don't know. It's, it, it just, <laughs> just to me, it's like real acting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. You've done yeah. you've done uh, you've done a lot of stints on, on soap operas too, and I and I've also uh-huh. I've always heard how much you know that how demanding that that work is. Very very difficult, and it's probably the greatest training for film, and that's why you, you know, Brad Pitt. You've got all these people um, actors that started in uh, in the soaps. Uh, oh God, I remember my first day on uh, General Hospital. A woman director, and so, and and it's all you know, quick, and you have to. <laughs> everything is. You better be alert. And this director said, "Okay, Joan, you got it now. You're over there. You stand there. Then you started doing that. Come over here. Do that. Drop to that. Then come over. You got it. Oh, gee, oh my God! I was just. But I loved. It. Oh, it was great. I I loved the soaps. Oh, wonderful. Really fun. Yeah, with so many roles and, and and so many you know venues as far as you know soaps. Yeah, uh, you know. And the thing is with soaps too. You, I mean, you you learn all these lines, and then the next morning they say, "Oh, by the way, this has all changed." <laughs> oh, that's why it is just great experience. Yeah. It's when they hand you the script with different color pages, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. What has been your your favorite uh, your favorite uh, character that you played well leona probably yeah, yeah. leona uh and um oh what was i gonna say yeah leona and then uh i love to i did uh, two films with uh, rod um and um they were for uh, television and i played his sister and acting you know, acting with rod was really it was just one wonderful. It was so easy, <laughs> you know. When when the thing is, just like playing tennis, when you play with somebody that's terrific, it's easier. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Playing with uh, yeah, you keep that volley going, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, and of course, he was my biggest fan. He when we um, when he saw me in my uh, play out here. I remember he came to see me in, um, oh, God, and now I can't think of the name of the play. Um, 
I'll think of it. But anyway, it was uh, Actors Co-op here. And we were going together. And um, I I remember I was on my way into... Um, uh, to rehearsal, and um, and I said it was rehearsal, but it was also a night of the show. And I said, "What are you doing?" He said, "Oh, well, I'm I'm just you know going to dinner." I said, "Oh, great, I'll see you later." So I found out at the end of the play, the girls in the play said, "Well, he was here. He was sitting there. He was crying. Everything." I said, "Oh my God!" They said, "Well, we didn't want to tell you, you know, so you get nervous." <laughs> and um, he was just so uh, so wonderful, yeah. And ever since he saw me in the play, every time scripts would come, he'd say he'd hand me a script. He'd say, "You pick out your part yet?" <laughs> no, I never asked him for anything. He, and he used to go around telling everybody, "Oh, she's a great actress." He he was just wonderful. And that's one thing I I, I miss. All these guys were my biggest fans. And they just, uh, John helped me so much, and they all thought I was the greatest. It's nice to have that. <laughs> well, it's, you know, it's it's nice to have that, you know, it just as, in a relationship. But in your in your profession, uh, especially yeah. when there's so much competition at times, it's got to be great. Yeah, well, they, we, we never had any competition or anything. No, I mean, it was just uh, wonderful. Uh, I used to say to uh, Jeremy, uh, did so many movies, and he did like four films with um, Elvis Presley, and then all a couple of hundred of westerns, and uh, he, he just and with John Wayne movies and stuff. And so I know one night um, I, we were looking through some scripts, and all these scripts fell out. They were all plays that I had done. I was <laughs> like, I got. When did I do all that? And and I said, well, you know, they're plays. Yeah, and you've done all those movies. He said, are you kidding? Look at this. You should be so proud of yourself. <laughs> oh, absolutely. So, I mean, and, and the ability, like you were saying, that you, you really didn't, uh, you did, memorizing things wasn't your thing in the yeah. beginning. And to, to be on the stage, which is really, yes. you know. Well, uh, that, uh, also, uh, Rod didn't like stage. Yeah, he said he, he was too nervous on stage. He was a great uh, film actor. Yeah. So he, that's why he, I, you know, had a great admiration for what I did. What was also a cute thing, he had this habit of, I was always, I was with my guys every single day. <laughs> and it's just, uh, and some women said, how could you stand? I said, stand it. Uh, we had nothing but fun and great times and, uh, you know, it was fabulous. So uh, I'd be with, uh, if John was shooting, I always went to the set with him. When Rod was shooting, he wanted me there all the time. So when Rod was shooting, uh, after he'd finish a take, he'd call across to me, how was that, Joni? <laughs> Can you believe it? Yeah, I couldn't get over that. Yeah. How was that, Joni? <laughs> and one day uh, when we had a, a break in, in uh, filming, he got everybody together and, and he said, no, just sit down because we have this special thing. And he got one of those little phony Academy Award statuettes, <laughs> and he presented me with that. Uh, oh, yeah, it was so wonderful. I didn't realize, uh, you know, I, the two films that I really loved him in was, was Cool Hand Luke and um, 
heat of the night. But yeah. I didn't realize how funny he was until I saw him. I, I don't know if it was Mars Attacks or something. Mars Attacks, yeah. Though, yeah. And I, yeah. I, I, I never knew he had that kind of those comedy chops. Well, what's so funny, would you believe that? Uh, he told me once he wanted to be a stand-up comedian, Rod Steiger. <laughs> I said, you're kidding. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's when he met uh, Pierce in uh, Mars Attacks. Huh. Pierce Brosnan. Yes, yeah. Yeah, because they're, they're very good friends. Uh, uh, we both went to their wedding in Ireland. Yeah. And, of course, I see Pierce all the time here in Malibu. He, uh, yeah, he's, uh, he, he used to be in a whole lot of things. And I read something recently where he is still one of the highest paid pitchmen. Uh, they said he, he, uh, he does a lot of, uh, um, spokesperson stuff and, uh, he's, he's Ooh, Pierce? Yeah, I've never that, seen him do anything. That's what I read. I read that recently. Uh, <laughs> well, are, are you talking about 007? Um, I don't know. They, they were, they, they, I was reading an article and it said something about the uh, uh, him and I believe Liam Neeson. Uh, I know a lot of these guys do uh, do things out in, in other countries. Uh, are two of the oh, highest paid um, um, spokespersons for? Uh, I never heard him ever yeah. say that. Yeah. That's a very strange. Well, he's either he must be doing it in Hawaii or something. I mean, they have a house in Hawaii and he's here all the time. But he has his own film company. You know, yeah. Well, I, I, I don't know. I never heard that. That's a new one. <laughs> yeah. What, what are you doing these days? Are you still? I know you. I know you. I, I saw somewhere where it says that you're you're working on your memoirs, but you said you still have a few chapters to live first. But uh, yeah, are you getting oh, together for that. But are are you doing any other? Uh, uh, well, the, this book is going to be something big. I'm sitting on pins and needles because my uh, my co-writer. Uh, we have the the, the best um, uh, publishing agent in Beverly Hills that's handling it, and it just went to New York. And his um, his partner uh, they're pitching it to a top publisher, so and they think it's going to be a big winner. So I'm very excited. That's yeah. Great. When when you worked on when you work working on things like that. I, I, I imagine that uh, you know you're going through a, a lot of things, and, and a lot of good memories are coming back to you when you're when you're researching and putting that. So, was that process? Uh, how was that for you? Well, that is that's a very good question because I'm finally getting a good night's sleep <laughs> <laughs> because every night I was reliving my whole life. And I, I have so many things in my life, as you read in my book. I, uh, but the thing is that um, I remember everything uh, in, in my life. And we spent 60 hours uh, recording uh, all of this yeah. before, uh, before writing. Yeah. So um, uh, there's, uh, he's just a fab- fabulous uh, writer. Uh, and so a lot of pre-planning and everything uh, went into it. But, uh, I, I mean, I remember everything. Uh, it's called Brooklyn Baby. I was born in Brooklyn. <laughs> and uh, I've had it just from the time I was born. My life has been exciting. <laughs> yeah, so. I, I, you you uh, you, st- you studied overseas as, as a young as a young girl. As a, uh, from what I read, you um you went overseas to study uh, for for a short period of time. I was um, 
when I started my dancing lessons at uh, seven, uh, my mother sent me to Rome, and uh, I was a member of the Rome Opera Ballet School. And so, uh, yeah, I spent a couple of years in Rome, and then we went to Paris. I went to school in Paris, and so I've had a... And then when I, I married, um, well, between John and Rod, I've traveled all over the world, uh, and uh, so I've had just, it's just been great. <laughs> I, 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 I could see why you, all the interest in the book, because there's, you know, you have so much to tell, and, and so well, many Well, my, my writer said, yeah. I, I have never, I have never been with anybody that's had so much to to talk about. <laughs> and even now that it's written, I, I keep saying, oh, I forgot to tell you about that. <laughs> oh, I forgot to tell you about that. Oh, I forgot to tell you. Oh. That's yeah. the, those those added chapters they put in when it goes to paperback. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, it, it's been exciting. But, um, yeah, I have to relive a lot of things. But, but this, you know, even uh, unhappy things. See, I have a very positive uh, outlook on everything. So I have never uh, dwelled on uh, uh Sad things because uh, to me they're not, they're not sad. I mean, I, I've had three three husbands die of cancer, mm. but uh, different cancers. I've been in every hospital around. But the thing is that the, one of the reasons that I'm proud of the book is because, and I'm proud of going on doing things because the greatest gift I could ever give these men would be to do this. Yes. They were all so proud of me. They would want me to be doing all these things, and I want to write all about it. About, I like you know. I like your your outlook on a lot of things and, and the things I was reading, and I like the fact that you you know it says that you 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 have the seat at the restaurant and it faces the door, and you like to watch people come and go. And may I have my own table because I, I don't cook. I've never cooked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, I have my own table outdoors because I, I, I love my I, I love the restaurant Trattanoi because uh, it reminds me of Italy. So I usually have my table outdoors and it's with umbrellas and stuff. And today I was there, and of course there was no sun, so it was inside. But uh, when I'm outside, I can watch everybody come in. And as an actor, I, I just uh, love doing that because you can tell. Everything about a person just when they walk in. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. That's how important body language is. And I, I don't know whether they teach it. No, I mean, I watch a lot of these actors, you know, and they'll be folding their arms and they're doing a scene, <laughs> a love scene or something before. <laughs> folding the arms means you're closing everybody yeah, off. Exactly. I mean, I've never seen... <laughs> yeah, there's so much that drives me nuts. <laughs> <laughs> the only other thing that drives me crazy is uh, the speech of a lot of the uh, actors, young actors. Yes. Uh, but, you know, that's another thing. <laughs> you know, it, 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 when you talk about, you know, just just, just the training you have, you know, you know anybody who, who studied yeah. acting, uh, you know, you've, you've, heard of, you've heard of Stella Adler. And you, and you, oh. And, 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 <laughs> and, 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 and taking 
the time to actually learn the craft? Um, you know, oh, yeah. I'll tell you the thing that drives me crazy. You'll meet somebody, and maybe they're, I don't know, around 40 or 35 or whatever, but adults, and they'll say, you know, uh, I think I'll try acting. I want to slap them in the face. I think I'll try act. I mean, this is my, <laughs> I was talking about this today, and I feel like, oh, God, I don't, yeah. But anyway, and then and then the ironic thing is they probably become stars on reality <laughs> television or something, you know. So, <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, you, you got a point there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I'll try acting. Oh, good for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's got that's got that's got to that's got to be like scratching the run, run your fingernails across the chalkboard, you know. <laughs> oh, oh my God! Yeah, writing on the the, the blackboard. Yeah, woo. So, oh boy. Anyway, all over uh, the years. Um, go ahead. Oh, that's all right. I'm through it all. I mean, I, I just love I just love uh, acting. I have a, a film I did uh, last year called Opus to an Angel uh, about this little bl uh, um, blind girl and that's a lovely film I think they're planning on uh, going to a festival with it mm. and I'm supposed to do this uh, comedy Thou Shalt Not Steal which is uh, written by my co-author on my book he's also a, a film producer nice yeah so um, and I have my I you know I danced Tap dance three times a week. <laughs> uh, that's you know that's that's a you know we were, I was speaking to somebody about tap dancing recently because I was at a, a dance recital thing and, and the high schoolers came out and tap dance and, and somebody uh, made a comment it's just a craft you just don't see much of anymore. Well, that's the thing. Our 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 class is just so small. Mostly our uh, people in our class are all dancers. You know, ex dancers, and one was a rockette. One was uh, uh, on the uh, Dean Martin show, so they're all professionals. But it's hard to get uh, people to to uh, tap. First of all, there aren't any tap teachers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and um, I've had terrific uh, tap teachers. And uh, this, this one, my, my good friend Joe Jamava, and he's done uh, you know was choreographer in films and stuff. So. Um, yeah, if I if I didn't have t my tap dancing, oh God, it's just so fun. But uh, uh, you just don't uh, see much of tap dancing, except you'll see some uh, dancing in Broadway shows. But there are very few uh, tap dancers. So I'm hoping before I die, I'll get to do a Broadway show, <laughs> and I'll be I'll be doing my tap dancing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, there aren't that many old tap dancers around, so I think this is one time. Uh, I think age is in my favor because there won't be many to choose from. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so if my book is a big success. And I'm in New York. I'm definitely going to audition for Broadway. <laughs> that's uh, that's another. Uh, you just mentioned something that reminded me of something. That's another uh, interesting uh, process. Uh, you know, yeah. show, you show up for an audition, and you, you realize there's like 50 people there that kind of look like you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, how how did you how did you approach auditions? 
I love auditions. <laughs> it's a chance to act. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you you know, if you look at it that way, uh, I don't I don't go anymore to auditions. I can't. I finally gave up. This sounds kind of maybe bad, but I mean, I, I'd be auditioning for a lot of you know sweet little casting directors, but. Um, it, it, I, I couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. See, when I when I uh, when I started acting, I had great um, great agents. One in particular who has passed away, and um, uh, she was so good. She only handled a few uh, actors, and uh, because the uh, producers knew her and knew that if you were with her, you had to be good. You had to audition for her and all of that. And uh, at that time, this was like uh, in the 80s or 90s out here, uh, her offices were near Universal. But it was at a time, that's another thing that's changed, there was a producer, one executive producer. There weren't 10 million producers, and I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah, so that if there was a role, I would go to the producer or executive producer and they would call and and she'd say i'm joan benedict i would go straight to the producer or executive producer and i get the job but it's it's i don't know it's it's makes you feel terrible going to (laughs) million casting people and now i'll tell you going to an audition First of all, the way that the actors dress, I don't know. They all look like somebody they brought in off the street or something. It's its hard to, whatever. I, I can't do that. I can't. And then you go into some little casting person. Now, you know, this will, this will be death for me if any casting directors are listening to this show. Uh, you know, uh you know they're well-meaning, but you know. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I listen. To I, you. you know, so I just, uh, you know, fortunately, I don't, I don't need a job, so <laughs> <laughs> that's the other good thing. <laughs> but I, I do want to work, but I, I, you know, work in, you know, something good, and um, I, I do love the Yeah, the the only thing that I want more than anything. Now, if any Broadway producers are listening, is that's the only thing right now that, that to me would be, well, first of all, doing a good film and doing a part on Broadway. Oh, my God. Well, you're in a good position. I mean, I think, you, you, like you said, you're in a position now where you can be selective. And Well, the thing is, you know, and with my book's a success, and I can do some, you know, television uh uh, interviews and stuff in New York, <laughs> it would be easy for me to, to get an audition. Absolutely. So yeah. the book is, uh, they're, they're, it's, it's being presented now. Uh, if all yeah, goes well, what, what, what's the time frame on possible release? Yeah, so being presented, so uh, when we get a, a go-ahead, which should, I mean, I'm waiting for phone calls as we speak, uh, then um my uh, my co-writer will uh, sit down and uh, flesh out these other couple of chapters, and that would, he said, would take him a month. And you know, then it uh, would uh, 
go to the, the producers would be in charge. Yeah. Excellent. Now, uh, publishers rather. What what is uh so so our listeners if they can can keep an eye out for it in the future? What, yeah. What the oh yes. Well, hope, hopefully the end of the year or the beginning of next year. Yes. And uh, is it a working title, or do you have a do you have a set? No, title? that is the type Brooklyn Baby. Brooklyn Baby, excellent. Mm-hmm. Joan, is there anything you wanted to chat about that we haven't yet touched on? No, I I, I think we've uh, sort of covered it. Yeah, I mean because you know I I talk all <laughs> I I just talk for hours. So. <laughs> it's you know it's 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 wonderful though it, it, and like i said there's so much you know i've reading up on you and and reading about about you i knew that we we wouldn't even scratch the service on the, so many great things that there are to yeah. talk to you about but i i really do appreciate you coming on our show tonight and and uh, you know when the book's released come back on uh wonderful well it was great to be with you and um i'll look forward to our next talk Thank you okay. so much. <laughs> okay. Good night. Good night. Bye. Joan Benedict Steiger, uh, everybody. And uh, we're going to take a quick break and uh, we'll be drinking some beers here in a few minutes. This is uh, Seven Solo, and this is called Big Featuring Corrupt. <laughs> In the lessons, everyday trials and tribulations and blessings. See, macaroni, Tony, Mac game, Macadocious. That's more wholesome than bread. The host and the hostess. She's sweeter than hostess. Cali Costa Nostra, venom, spitting acidic. Every other minute, I love it and I live it. Nigga, I do it big.
Is that a faucet running? That's not a faucet. That's a river rushing through the forest. Forest rivers provide over 100 million people with clean water to drink. What? I can't hear you because of the vacuum. That's not a vacuum. That's the trees in the forest cleaning up the air we breathe. I didn't know the trees were so amazing. Yep, and the forest gives us shade, trees to climb. That's awesome. Let's go explore some more. Visit the forest today and enjoy all it does just for you. To learn more about the forest and find one near you, go to discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. For a little ride. Now you can share the topics that drive the discussions of your favorite talk shows with TalkStream Live's topic-driven talk radio. We gotta talk. Let's take a drive. List and promote real-time talk radio topics, or post the topics that you want to hear. Hot topics are tweeted and retweeted, and include simple click-to-listen audio links. The future of talk radio is topic-driven talk radio. Well, that's what I call real drive. Available now at TalkStreamLive.com. Talk Story Radio. Hi, y'all. We're the Black Whiskey Union. My name's Britt. I'm Jim. Wessie. And you're listening to Swoop's World. It's one of our favorite radio stations, so keep listening, y'all. Whoopee. Welcome back to Swoops World on the Talk Story Radio Network. T-Bone's in the house. I am indeed. What's happening, brother? Oh, a little this, a little that. <laughs> Got a beer in my hand now, so everything's good. Everything's starting to level out, huh? Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. How was your week? My week, uh, it was cool. I went to Vegas this weekend. Um, did you have to work, or uh, did you hit the, hit the mother load? Uh, I, I still have to work. Oh, okay. Um, Probably got to work more now. <laughs> no, I, I, played it, I played it smart. I was with a bunch of folks who really weren't into the gambling thing, so I, I only played about ten hands so of blackjack. why Vegas? <laughs> because... You did the showgirl thing? No, but we did <laughs> witness uh, a wedding officiated by an Elvis impersonator. Well, nice. there you have it. Which, it was at the Wee Kirk of the Heather Chapel, uh, and it was Awesome. <laughs> that was like the coolest thing I've ever seen in Las Vegas. Okay, that, that trip. I read an article uh, written by a former Elvis impersonator wedding chapel guy, mm-hmm. and he was he was just ranting. He said, "I'd be sitting there doing this thing, making out my grocery list in my head." <laughs> guy was the guy was good though, man. He, he remembered their names the whole time. Good. Uh, he he was pretty engaging. You know, the likeness was so-so. He was skinny Elvis, you know, yeah. which is cool. Nobody really wants to get married by fat Elvis. <laughs> I don't think. Yeah. Elvis is Elvis. Yeah. Um, but it was fun, man. Yeah? It was a good time. That's cool. That's and cool. from there, we were just a hop, skip, and a jump from Fremont Street. So we did the trashy Vegas thing for a little bit. And, yeah, it was cool. Nice. The drive home is always a bitch on Sunday. You know? oh, Brutal, man. Yeah. Brutal. You don't, you don't want to leave on a Sunday, man. Believe me, I didn't want to leave. <laughs> I was like, we should go to a buffet, start drinking, and then just forget that it's Sunday, and then we'll drive home tomorrow. Exactly. Nobody else was on board with me, though. Uh, yeah, you gotta start. You guys got to start planting that seed uh, on Friday. Those were the hazards of, well, you know, it, 
I could have driven myself out there, but that poses a whole different set of it challenges. It does. So, uh, <laughs> you know. That makes it drive a real drive. Yeah. So it was, you know, all, all things considered, it was it was a successful Vegas trip. Good. Uh, yeah, it was cool. Hadn't been in a while, so. Yeah, it's been, it's been a long while since I was there. I, I don't recognize more of the strip than last time, even. Uh, the Imperial Palace is officially gone. Makes sense now. I, so I, knew, it was, I knew it was gone, uh-huh. but this is the first time I've been back since its uh, demise. Yeah, <laughs> I mean the the building is still there. It's it's called Link now mm. with a Q. I don't know why, um, but uh, it was it was weird to see. Like you could still see a couple of cheesy little. The, the, some of the hokey decor in the back, but yeah. um, I, it, it was just a little bizarre. Like, oh man, I should be here watching crappy Elvis and Michael Jackson in blackjack right now. Yeah. That's the thing about Vegas, you know. If, if you if you go infrequently, it's, it's something always changed. I mean, like I remember I had gone there for a wedding, and then a few years later I went back, and it's a whole section was gone, a whole. And they don't take them anything to throw up a new mega megaplex, and yeah. it's like, wow, check that out. That wasn't there last time. Yeah, and and the all the new stuff, the new new stuff where they actually tore down and rebuilt, it's, none of it does anything for me. It's like, oh yeah, five hundred dollar night rooms, cool. I don't I'm think gonna... that's what the mafia had in mind when they said no, the man. They wanted people to come stay cheap and then get extorted exactly. out of their money at the tables or you know wherever else. Bugsy's a pretty pissed yeah. off right around now. But I, that's the the one thing. Every time I go, it's a little bit more like people just cock waving their money. It's like, cool. I'm glad you have money. I don't. And I still like to come have fun. And I can't do it at three quarters of these places now. So I don't know. Yeah, yeah. You got to find a special and uh, win the right days, and yeah, or spend a, lose a lot of money. And then they'll pop. They'll, they'll yeah, pop. Yeah, yeah. Right. Oh, comps. <laughs> Our free favorite loser. Exactly. <laughs> when you come back out, I don't know my car's. Like, well, send the plane. Don't worry about it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Depends on what level you're at. They might give you a Southwest ticket or they might actually send a private jet out for you. <laughs> it's all good. All good in the hood, man. Well, that's good, man. So you had a good time. Yeah. You watch yep. any, uh, watch any, you do any time in the uh, sports book? You know, I didn't do that either. Walked right by and just marveled for a minute at the <laughs> wall OTV screens. Um, it's a funny feeling. I, 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 I like going to the sports book and making a bet. But there's been a couple times I've sat there to watch some stuff, and I just felt like this is like this. It just didn't feel right. I, I don't want to be watching this with these yeah, people. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, the cocktail waitresses at the sports book, they are not nearly as accommodating as the cocktail waitresses on the main casino floor. They're like, can I see your betting slips, please, you schmuck? So you're not getting a drink unless I know you that put actually money. puts out some money. Yeah. Exactly. I could play the penny slots and fucking make some free drinks out of the deal at least. Even though there's not a penny slot in town anymore. Yeah, there's been a couple times I thought, thought it'd be really cool to place a place a pet at the sports book. You know, some future bet that I'd have to come back and claim. Yeah, I never had a reason to go back and claim. Yeah. I saw forty to one odds on the Chargers for the Super Bowl. Yeah. I was like, still ain't gonna happen. 
<laughs> um, and a couple of my friends did ask if I could put money down on American Pharaoh for him, but the the odds on that horse were just terrible. Yeah. And I mean, it was like three to five or something oh. on on race day. It's not even worth it. You weren't going to win any money on that. No. Yeah. It's like, uh, so the one guy, he bet online on Friday because they were doing a thing where they'd give you three to one, but you could only bet 20 bucks on it. So I was like, all right, good. You do that. <laughs> like, I'll put money on red or black for you if you want. But. Apparently, American Farrell just blew away the field, too. Yeah, it didn't. It wasn't close. Yeah. Led wire to wire? Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Somebody posted a... Uh, time-synced video of American Pharaoh's Belmont run and Secretariat's Belmont run. And I haven't gotten to watch it yet, but they did the tricky thing where they basically take the two videos and put them together, and you see the horses run almost like, almost <laughs> on the same track. Wow, interesting. Just 45 years apart or whatever. Well, I think it's about time 35, to... Uh, we'll start our periscope here, and we'll uh, get, get rolling. What do you think? What do you guys yeah. Think? Figure out how to turn this camera around first. Uh, 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 oh, we can look like this. All right. All right. All We're right. going to do some bear chasing here. Let me go. Let's get that brewski thing going on. It's time for the brewskis, our beer tasting segment right here at Sweet Girl Late Night, sponsored by DrinksWineSpirits.com. So grab yourself a glass, pour yourself a brew, and join us right now for brewskis, sponsored by DrinksWineSpirits.com. Peter, you're up, brother. Well, happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday, y'all. And, uh, you know, as I've said many and many a time, welcome to the most important part of the show, the part where we officially... And I, I want to emphasize officially, drink beer. Uh, tonight we're drinking uh, one of my favorite local breweries, kind of a newer company. Uh, actually, happen to know somebody who uh, helps make this place go. Uh, ah. He he uh, it, he let them use the back of his uh, pizza dough factory to start their business. So he's uh, he's oh. one of the founding members of. Nice. The, even though he knows squat about beer, uh, but he's a nice guy. Uh, anyhow. El Segundo Brewing Company, um, and this is their Hop Tanker Double IPA, and uh, I'm, I'm just gonna, well, I won't, I won't, I won't spill the beans. No, no spoiler alert, no spoilers here. Here we go. American Two Row and Meet Nelson Savin and Citra. Those are, in case you're not familiar with, uh, those are some hops. Uh, fast friends, indeed. As sleek as nine percent double IPA can be, with the sharp hop tone of lemon peels filled in, filled in by orange marmalade and just utter dankness. I like that. And you thought those tankers offshore were just unloading crude. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, these guys. Uh, if you happen to be in El Segundo or near El Segundo, they don't have the best, most fantabulous uh, um, facility, but they do have a place where you can get growlers and get tastings and drink some beer, and the guys are pretty cool. They uh, they all generally sport these mega beards that uh, seem like it might be a health hazard, <laughs> but I'm sure it's not. You wonder if they have to put a net over yeah, it in their yeah, yeah. and stuff. But what's really cool is that they do all this, and behind them, like, there's a door and then big glass, and you can actually see the tanks that they're brewing this stuff in. I know they're in the midst of or in the process of building an even bigger, because they've been so successful, uh, even building a, a, an even bigger uh, facility. So bigger brews are on the way. Nice. So anyhow, El Segundo, 
at the brewery. Hop Tanker, double IPA. Uh, taste it up, guys. So Look. Yeah. Can't you get in trouble for that? Like, televising yourself drinking beer? Hey, man. You should see the shit I see, <laughs> see, the shit I see up here. Uh, I can only imagine. <laughs> Peter, I think you're up to go first this time around, man. Well, uh, as I was saying, I, I've had this one before, and it is one of my favorites. Uh, on Fridays, uh, my wife and I, we do uh, tasting of bombers, uh, and this often makes it into the rotation. I like this a lot. I do love the dankness in it. I think they got that right. Uh, it's not the biggest, hoppiest double IPA in the world, but it's it's a nice middle-of-the-road one for those who, who want a little bit of uh, a little bit of maltiness and but also want their hops. You got your hops? Um, yeah, so I, I'm a big fan. This is uh, definitely one of my... Uh, favorite uh, local beers. You hold it there. Yeah, I think uh, I think two weeks in a row we've done pretty darn well in the, mm-hmm. beer, in the beer category here, and uh, this is uh, this is a tasty beer, man. Um, what was it nine point two or something like yeah, that? Yeah, I think um, so. Nine over nine. Over nine percent. Yeah, nine point two. Uh, yep. I like the, I like the I like the hops in this, uh, but you still get the malt. Yeah, uh, it's 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 like you said, it's it's it's, it's hoppy, but it's not overly hoppy. Yeah, <laughs> we got a regular director over here, oh, man. Yeah, man. and uh, I'm loving every bit of this, man. And, and, and you know, it's 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 not, nothing bad about it. No 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 weird taste, no bad bites. Just a nice tasting beer. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that was just a lot of fun. It's all right, <laughs> boner. They should not let me hold a camera. <laughs> I like it. Every time it's his turn, he, he gets that extra sip in, man. Dude. You really should try it. <laughs> I found that if one sip of beer is good, then two sips of beer is better. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, this is this is two weeks in a row where we've found a beer that just crushes it. Yeah. I mean, if you don't like this beer, there's. I'm seriously telling you, if you don't like this beer, there's something wrong with you. Uh, there's nothing about this beer that could possibly offend anyone, and if you're offended by it, then you. Go somewhere else. Yeah, you're listening to the wrong show. Go drink some wine. Yeah. Find yourself a nice Chardonnay and choke on it. Peter, a scale of one to ten, ten being best. Uh, I go. Uh, I go with an eight and a half on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's what you were last week too. Huh? Was I? I think so. Yeah, I mean, and, this is. I think a little bit different than last week. It's a bit more dank than last week's. Uh, but same sort of quality, same sort of uh, high caliber hoppiness. And I'm an eight and a half too. Uh, solid eight and a half on this one. I, I was kind of wavering if I wanted to go a little bit higher, but uh, I think I, eight, I, nine, I think but... eight and a half is the really right right yeah. right spot for this one. Uh, yeah, this is just to be a dick to myself. I'm going to call it an eight. <laughs> <laughs> that makes the math a little trickier, but not that much trickier because we can you know use the repeating line. So same place we were last there week. There we go, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Peter, what are we eating with this, brother? Uh, well, this is uh, one of those big beers that needs some big flavors to go with it. So, you know, I uh, think uh, smoked, roasted meats, uh, stuff like that. Uh, big, big flavors. Uh, steak, you know, eat, eat some meat, man. Something some meat. red. Yeah, man. Uh, so no, there's, no, there's, no, there's no vegan fare going along with this, I, huh? Uh, I don't know. 
don't think so. Not if you want to pair it. If you want to cover up those vegan flavors, this would be, <laughs> and I've been in that boat where I've had to do that. This would be a great way to do that. It'll wash that all, all away. You won't even, you won't even know you had it. You know you had a tofurkey. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's just from drinking one of these, not from having to drink like 19 of them. Exactly, just, yeah. yeah. Just good. one of these will just wipe that away. Perfect. Yeah. So, uh, you know, big, big flavors. That's what this is all about. Excellent. That kind of beer. Excellent. Well, that's another Brewski segment right here at Swoops World. And uh, if you want to tune in, uh, check us out. Uh, we will be live continually, continually till 11 o'clock on the uh, West Coast, right at swoopsworld.com on TalkStream Live, as well as, uh, what do you go? I, all kinds of places, man. I can't remember. Periscope? Yeah. No, no, we're turning off Periscope. <laughs> but uh, you can, you can come, on, uh, come on live with us right here at swoopsworld.com. Thanks for listening, and uh, we're back to our Periscope is over with. Woo-hoo! And let's see here. We'll put our clothes back on? Uh, yeah, yeah. Pull your pants back up. <laughs> <laughs> Another edition of Brisky, sponsored by DrinksWineSpirits.com. That's Brisky's, sponsored by DrinksWineSpirits.com. Go there, join the Beer of the Month Club. The same big box of beer each week, each month. Four different breweries, three beers apiece. That's 12 bottles in the, in the box. We're about 10 minutes away from talking to Anthony Davis and get a chance to chat with him. Um, you know, I think we t- after after AD, we might take some calls tonight. You know, we might open up the phone line. You might oh. let us call in, oh, uh, but we won't really? put the number. We won't put the number out till then. And we'll talk to AD first. And uh, yeah, T Bone, how about a little bit of uh, DraftKings, man? All right. So this is the time of year. And actually, guys, the, the Major League Baseball draft, the actual draft, has been taking place for the last few days. You know, the baseball draft is like 900 million rounds. They're drafting 17-year-olds from, you know, Pissant, Arkansas, and all these <laughs> other places. It is an event that cannot be put on TV the whole time because it's just exhausting. I really feel for Major League Baseball <laughs> front office folks for this marathon that they call the draft. Um the only thing I say that probably makes it less exhausting is there's not baseball doesn't allow teams to trade draft picks up and down like basketball and uh, football do. So it takes that level of intrigue out of the deal. Um, but it's kind of a weird thing. These guys are drafting people, you know, kids that might be contributing in two, three, seven years, maybe. Yeah. I mean, it's it is the biggest crapshoot of all the drafts, but you know. Any good gambler out there knows that you bring a big enough bankroll and play long enough, then you're going to have some fun. And that's, the, that's kind of the, the approach of the Major League Baseball draft is the shotgun approach. So um, if you want to just draft like there's no tomorrow, you need to get over to DraftKings right now because that's all you do. You pick a team, they play the week. You pick a new fantasy team, they play the next week. And if you go to swoopsworld.com slash DraftKings, you get – and you sign up from there, you get a free entry into a big money giveaway because unlike your fantasy league where you get some bronze fake digital trophy for finishing third and losing <laughs> to your inbred you know, brother-in-law or something, you can win actual money if you go to DraftKings. So check it out, you junkies. <laughs> Don't hold back, man. Say what you really feel. I'm speaking, you 
know, there's the call to action. <laughs> you know your I like audience. That, I like that comment about the in, inbred uh, brother-in-law. You got something you want to tell us? No, no. Hey, now wife, that you're married. My wife is an only child. So I'm just wondering if there's a story there. <laughs> just checking, right, Peter? <laughs> yeah, you guys, I know I've talked to you about this TV show, The League. It's yes. a funny show, and there's there's a not even a brother-in-law, a brother who's just a moron, uh, beyond morons on that show, and he, he yeah, just have to watch it. For all you guys out there who've seen the show, Taco is hilarious. Yeah, his name's Taco. So, <laughs> I'll tell you something. <laughs> you don't want to lose to that guy. You don't, huh? <laughs> no. So if you do, you start over next week. DraftKings! Oh, okay. DraftKings! Peter! Audible.com, man. Audible.com is a great way to download books. Lots of uh, over 250,000 titles with uh, a ton of great talent reading these books. Uh, something for everyone. Soup's reading, working his way through every sniper book ever written. I'm giving, my, I'm giving it my best shot, man. Uh, I've been working on some military science fiction. It was kind of interesting. I haven't read that stuff since I was like 18 or even younger. And, uh, you know, great time. You can read that while you're, while you're on the bike. When you're in the car, traveling, working out, there's always an opportunity. Um, and if you were to go to audibletrial.com forward slash swoopsworld, your first download, if you're signed up, will be free. So uh, make sure if you do that, you pick a really long, like Gone with the Wind type of book, man. Pick something Get like, like something that's gonna take 30 some or 40 hours, man. Get yeah. the most out of it. Get somebody else's money's worth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, it, it's a great way to, like I said, to. Listen to books, keep track of things, and um, some, enjoy some of your favorite authors or find some new ones. Uh, and if you go that route, Soup's World will earn a few more pennies. AudibleTrial.com forward slash Soup's World. We're going to take a quick break, come back, and uh, get AD in the line. Now, this is Just Rhyme. Can't look at what? Can't lock us all up. <laughs> Talking here, my people, cause it's a takeover. We walk in there and call it State Department makeover. They call the coppers, wanna lock us with the quickness. But the world is watching now, and the rich are on our hit list. And the world is gonna witness this vision when the system fell. My people bring hell to heaven, heaven to hell. Can't lock us all, saying fuck they lost all. Can't pop us all, popping off when it's on. Can't lock us all, saying they laws all can't pop us all, pop enough when we saw Hey, call us criminal, call us political. Either way, we all stay prisoners of the system, bro. 
Can my missus know I'm deep in the rabbit hole? Alice ain't got shit, I was wonderful. Who's bound to roll? Street warfare, pistol polishing, we on a roll. PhD in hood economics, that's the motto though. All black, everything, including all the politics. Binding with the brothers, they mutter, just keep on doing it. So just keep doing it, strictly for the people though. The system can go fuck itself. Invite me to the beach show. Just rhyme, just gives a fuck. People put your fists up top. Prison break, shut them down. People open up the show. Can't knock us all, saying fuck they lost all time. Can't pop us all, popping off when it's on. Can't knock us all, saying fuck they lost all time. Can't pop us all, popping off when it's on. Diamonds in my stomach give me jewels when I spit up Smuggling the contraband to homies who get sent up Just about to meet the man put lead up in his head What? Our people aren't the only ones who gonna get it fed up Motivate the prisons from the classrooms to the offices Burning so much down they asking just who is accomplices Godzilla, King Kong, just is kinda monsterish Walkers in the streets take the concrete and demolish it all of us rebellious, we ride till we get free The club is on the block, and just got VIP You see, these bars I got just liberate Opposite of locked up, watch her just emancipate Can't lock us all, say fuck they laws all Can't pop us all, popping off when it's on Can't lock us all, say fuck they laws all Can't pop us all, popping off when it's on Hey, how you doing? This is Joe Walsh. I'm speaking on behalf of Rad. It's okay to rock and roll, right? But don't drive home drunk. If you're drunk, call me up. I have a limo. I'll come and get you.
A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. My name is Tom Thornton. And my name is Cindy Thornton. We're retired, and this is how we live united. We decided to volunteer with United Way at our community free health clinic. United Way is how we contribute, because we know our time and money are going to the right places. Judging by the thank yous we get at the clinic, I'd say we're doing the right thing with our retirement, too. We're Tom and Cindy Thornton. We volunteer at our community free health clinic. We don't just wear the shirt. We live it. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. Go to liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. The views and opinions expressed by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Talk Story Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. This is Daddy Dewdrop. Every Wednesday night. One hit wonder in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Just a fun guy to hang around with. Hey, a past guest, Marina from uh, Born, Born, Free. Born Free Children's Boutique. Uh, they have an event coming up uh, next week, uh, Wednesday the 17th from 6 to 8 p.m. And Thursday the 18th from 6 to 8 p.m. She's got a farm party and petting zoo, free and open to the public. Located in Belmont Shore, 191 Park Avenue in the LBC. You want to give them a call, 562-342-6993. I had a funny moment where I was at this local restaurant uh-huh. and i'm standing there and it was one of the you know restaurant restrooms are unisex so you're just standing there and some girl comes up some woman comes up and there's two of them she's like trying to get in she's got to go and uh and then she looks around and she sees me and she's like you're waiting for the restroom aren't you i was like yes i am <laughs> so she had to go <laughs> so i let her go ahead of me uh, when when Aren't you quite the southern gent? Uh, well, you know, if I had to go, I, I wouldn't have done that. <laughs> if I she, had to go that bad, I used the sink already. Thank yeah. you very much. <laughs> but, you know, I let her go. She, and, and as I'm standing there, I'm like, I think no. I know her. So then I take care of my business. It just happened to be when I was leaving. As I walk out, her ride is waiting for her. And as I'm walking out, I see her getting into her, her SUV thing. And I happen to notice, like, she just tucked in her little kid in the seat and then it clicked because <laughs> last time I saw her she was pregnant she was pregnant exactly I was like that's her and she didn't recognize me at all so I, at least I sort of like you know maybe she had to really pee so she wouldn't pay attention but I thought that was interesting I was like, yeah. I was like as she's driving I'm like oh I know who that is yeah. uh, see you later did you run, al- did you run alongside like Will Ferrell what well, uh, <laughs> you know I, I just saw that funny. some some local publication just named her store like the best you know baby store in Long Beach nice for her. or something for her. for her yeah hey real quick before we give AD a call if you want to get fit get in shape stay in shape train for some special event you name it, our good friend Jack Nunn at Rowworks Fitness is the place to go to. He's got indoor rowing, boot camp, personal training, and much, much more. 5750 Bolthouse Lane here in the city of Long Beach. www.rowworks.com or give him a call at 562-688-1716. Let him know the Swoops Girl sent you. And your first Wait. visit is free. <laughs> oh, Peter, don't get, don't get me in trouble there, man. <laughs> Too late. Yeah, been there, done that, right? <laughs> We're going to give AD a call and uh, have a chance to chat with him. He's always got some interesting takes on things. And uh, always a good time to 
to see what he's up to. So let's find his intro there. Here it is right there, man. to welcome to the show five-time national champion two-time all-american over at usc he played in the nfl the wfl and the cfl our good friend and colleague anthony davis how you doing man okay always a pleasure to have a chance to chat with you and uh, see what you got to say about things and you know before we get really get get, get really rolling um you know i was reading an article today i you know just kind of going through some stuff and looking at things and, and i saw a story on, a, on a, an old timer that you might know of uh, the guy was kind of an amazing athlete. He, uh, his name is Hal Bledsoe. Are you familiar with him? Absolutely. Well, tell us a little bit about. I mean, I, I, I read. It sounds like he was a he was a local guy. Come out of Reseda High School as a quarterback. Uh, went to Pierce College as a quarterback. He was highly recruited by uh, Notre Dame. Uh, John, uh, John McKay, who, who was your coach, it was his first year. He, he went over there and and, uh, and got him, and he uh, ended up playing a receiver at, at SC. And, I, and apparently. I don't know if it still stands, but the day, the article was only written a couple of years ago. It said that he he at at that point he still had the record for uh, averages per catch. Uh, he had something like thirty catches over twenty yards or more. Or, and it just sounds like a, just an outstanding uh, athlete, and then uh, it sounds like a, a great guy. First of all, he was you know ahead of his time. The thing is, one of the, what the amazing record is it still holds is the thing that is is, is yards after the catch. I think is some crazy number that still stands. Is after the receiver, if a receiver goes ten yards and catches it, you know, he might run down the field another ten yards. Is that he still holds that record? Wow. But also, he still maintains you know, the great acquaintance. But the thing that people don't really know, he was a, he was a great quarterback out of Reseda High School, uh-huh. and he was you know six foot four, and according to one of his friends, he can throw the ball eighty yards in the air. Something wow. crazy <laughs> back with the day. But he was over his head at the time because he was six foot four. Plus, and he was, you know, over 200 pounds. And then the thing is, uh, he played one of the great Rose Bowls of all time, the USC versus Wisconsin, 1963, where Wisconsin came back. I think the game was in the 42-38. And um, and the thing, the thing that 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 it was great is that he was a key one of the key factors in winning that game. And then, uh, and here's another guy that I believe. That should be in the Rose Bowl Hall of Fame. He's in the, he's in the College Hall of Fame, but he's not in the Rose Bowl Hall of Fame. Wow. So I think he should be in there. He's one of the great Trojans of all time. He played on the first undefeated team uh, of John McKay's four national championships. Uh, the, he was a great player like Willie Brown was on the team. I think Mike Garrett was a sophomore. To tell, no, no, you know, he came in the fall. Excuse me. Uh, but Willie Brown, one of the great players as well. But, but Hal Bessel was one of the greats. Matter of fact, a lot of people thought he should have played quarterback in college. And uh, and that's what he was he was recruited, and he was being a quarterback, great quarterback out of receded. Yet you're right with the peers, and just a phenomenal athlete, you know. Uh, and the sad thing about it, he's not doing well these days. I know him, and uh, wish him the best. But Harold Bless is one of the greats in USC's history. Just one of the great athletes, just ahead of his time. Wow, yeah, it was the article I was reading. Uh, it was interesting, and and, and I, I tell you where I, where I found this int- uh, article actually, it's uh, uh, one of, somebody named uh, Tom Hofarth. Uh, mm-hmm. Found it on Inside SoCal, but 
you know, he, he talks about, you know, he he said that, uh, you know, he was he was recruited by uh, Notre Dame. Uh, he said, he, you know, he, his grades in high school weren't that great, so uh, Notre Dame wanted him to go to some uh, military school in uh, Arizona, and he said, nah, I'm not feeling that. So he, he went to Pierce uh, for a year, and uh, McKay signed him, and, 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 and I guess their stories differ a little bit. Uh, you know, he was about third or third or fourth string in the quarterback thing, and he just, he goes, yeah, he just wanted to play. And, uh, you know, they were getting ready for the first game of the season, and he asked if he thought he was going to play, and McKay told him no. And he said, what if I play another position? He said, what position? He said, receiver. And, uh, you know, he got in that game, and uh, he got in, he, he did some stuff the second game, and by the third game he was starting. Well, the thing is, the thing, the thing is, the thing is, I mean, he was third string, but he was one of the best. They were stacked so deep in that year of quarterbacks. Right. That uh, it was unbelievable. But he was that good. I mean, yeah. the guy was that good. I mean, just talking from a football purely standpoint, he's a great player. I mean, he could easily started at USC quarterback. But you know, it's the politics of the time. And he was his biggest quarterback. He's a mobile guy too. Obviously, he went out to receive it. So I'm saying, you know, uh, he, had, he, had, he had good quickness, he had good speed, he could throw the ball. Accurate, short, long, medium, he could do it all. So I'm just saying the, that uh, of the time you had guys like Roman Gabriel that was about the same size and stuff like that. He's probably one of the biggest quarterbacks of the time. But the problem is a lot of people thought he should have played quarterback. Yeah. And a lot of people thought he should have started at FC. Well, but, I mean, of course, it, 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 was, it was stacked deep, but he was one of the great players the school's time, and I just wanted to give him a shout out and acknowledge him because he's one of the greats at USC. Nice, nice. Well, that's that's cool that uh, uh, you know, that story. Uh, you know, it's always interesting to to hear stories about guys like that, and you know, and you know, I, and I, I just happened to stumble stumble upon it, and I I, uh, I had not had no knowledge of him, and and you start reading these stories about. You know things. I mean, he's like the—he was the first USC player to ever have a 200-yard receiving game. Uh, you know, just amazing things. And it's like I, I've never heard of this guy. This is this is pretty interesting. So that was, that's very. Yeah, cool. I mean, you know, he did all of that stuff. It's a lot of things. I mean, it's a 200-yard game. You know, he, he still holds the record for the yards after catch. I mean, that's phenomenal. I mean, yeah. you hear that's from 1960, 19 early 60s. He's still standing. You know, so uh, that caught my attention. As you know. Uh, uh, the fact of what this thing is, and when I found out he was ailing, you know that 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 sort of struck a nerve with me. I just wanted to acknowledge him and talk about him, and it's good that you checked him out. And that's great. Let's uh, let's move on uh, to the NFL, man. Uh, uh, your namesake uh, for the 49ers, uh, he retired. Uh, he retired this week, and uh, he said, uh, "Did you get to see the story on Anthony Davis and his retirement?" Yeah, well, absolutely. I mean. The, what I think it is, is it's starting to be a trend. I mean, these guys are getting educated now on the concussion situation. Of course, you know, my book addresses some of those things. And, you know, the, the more these guys get educated, I think what this, what's going to happen is uh, it's going to show that uh, these guys are going to play long, and I think it's going to force the NFL to start doing something about it because the NFL can do things to treat these guys. Like I always believe, Dr. Amen and I, we believe, based on my education through it, uh, neither, every organization needs one or two hyperbaric chambers on their organs, uh, in, in their facilities. They need to be on the comprehensive su- supplement program that Dr. Amen talks about. And when you got guys like that retiring young in their age, that means that somebody's been consulting them. They probably had a brain scan done showing damage. And so I think that's one of the things. Maybe not, I don't know, but I would think so for him to abruptly uh, retire like that. 
or either he's been struggling with it. And, of course, you know, a rookie retired after, what, one season and that's it. So, I mean, I think, frankly, it's going to be a future uh, trend with this and it's going to resonate through all the football. But I think the NFL needs to step up even more to uh, either secure these guys, help these guys, knowing the situation, and maybe simply, you know, they're going to say, well, I don't think you can play so long based on your head injuries. He is the second. Uh, he is the second um, young 49er to retire this 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 off season, I believe. And uh, you know, it, there's something besides. I mean, besides the reason that both these guys retired, um, there's something going on at the 49er organization. Uh, it seems like this 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 off season. You know, they, they, the coach the coach left. Um, there's there's you know there's reports. You know, there's some you know. Problems, you know, within the organization. Uh, have you heard anything, or, or you heard any, heard any scoop? Well, well I mean, you hear rumblings. You hear rumblings. You don't know how true it is. You can't go by blogs. You can't go by the press. But you know, there's some yeah, there's some smoke there, so you mean it's got to be fire. But if you don't know really specific, but obviously for, for Jim Harbaugh to leave where he did, there was some problems, some dysfunctionality between players, something. And I think name was upper management, general manager, ownership. That's where you got to. That's where you have to start because. The players are there. The players on one side and his management on the other side. So, therefore, everything I believe, from what I've heard, is that everything starts and starts and ends with management. You know, and, and did, did, that, did, that, did that motivate guys leaving a team like Crabtree and Gore and stuff like that? I think it plays part into that. Because how do you disassemble a team like that? You've got your coach has been very successful there. And for some reason, once it started, since all these things came out and all the grumbling started, and then for some reason the place started affecting the play on the field. Because I've always said on professional sports, especially professional sports, you win and lose championships in the front office, not on the field. And if your front office is not right, it's going it's 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 to it's tre- tread right down to the field in the field of play. And I think that's what happened to the 49ers. There was, there, there was dysfunctionality between the head coach and management. Well, I mean, well, that is management, but the head coach and general manager and ownership. Yeah. While we're still on, uh, while we're still on uh, on the NFL, and, and uh, we need to make our, our, our weekly comments on, on uh, Deflate Gate, and uh, there's there's been some a lot of a lot of statements this week about uh, about the, about this. Uh, you know, it's, it's Joe Montana, Hall of Famer, says no big deal. Brett Favre, no big deal. Shaq and Phil both say that they used to deflate the, uh, Phil Jackson and, and, and Shaquille O'Neal. So they used to deflate basketballs uh, for for ver- variety of reasons. Um, your thoughts on on uh, the the the, com- the comments that are coming out this week? Well, see, the problem you know, those quarterbacks can, can say that that's fine, but the bottom line, you got to remember, it was Tom Brady and Peyton Manning went to big talk about uh, flating, deflating, or inflation of the ball. It was those two guys who led difference about that. Now, if they wouldn't have said anything, just went on and did it, it would be a problem. So it's no problem. You see what I'm saying? You understand? I mean, those. The, they they made it an issue. You know, you don't if you don't make an issue, you just go on and do that. I mean, because a lot of people really don't. End of the day, doesn't care because it all comes down to the play anyway. Well, sure, you might have a little advantage being a little softer or whatever you're throwing it. But the bottom line is, if you make an issue of it and then go to the league about it and talk about it, and then it, it comes back to haunt. Then, then it comes back to haunt you. Then, my, you know, my, that's understand, your, my understanding. They went to the league. Their main thing for running the league was to be able to bring their own balls to the game because 
because Brady apparently played some cold weather game with overinflated balls, or what he considered overinflated balls. So they wanted the the, the, uh, the visiting team to be able to bring their own balls to the game. I don't think they went there looking for uh, a, a range of, of PSI. I could be wrong, but that, that was my understanding of why, why they went to the league as far as uh, having the ability to bring their own balls to, to the to the uh, to the game. That's true, but I'm just saying. But they opened up the floodgates with that because they 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 brought. See, if if the ball was too inflated, I'm, I guarantee you some guys in the league in a cold weather game they 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 deflated the ball. So I mean, he those they made issues of it. So when you make a, if you if you bring light to something, they put the focus on that ball and how the ball is being deflated, deflated. That's because that is the issue. I I you know, I, I understand. It. I know that about that. But that's what opened up the floodgates when they started saying something about that. Oh, wow, you want to bring your own balls? Okay, what are you going to do with the balls? You know, you know, we have a regulation where how much air is supposed to be in the ball versus, you know, whatever you want to do. So why are you bringing attention to this thing? So that's what happened. I mean, just talking to some of the, the former players that I know in the league, so that's basically what happened. Once they started talking about it, they put light on it. The guys have been deflating the ball, period, without even saying anything. That's what happened. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, you know, if you bring something to their attention, and then the rules committee get a hold of it, they say, "Wait a minute, now, okay." So, 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 in other words, if, if you're going to play with with PSI over here on this field, this guy's not complaining, but you're complaining about it in the cold weather. So that's what opened up the floodgates on all of that. And I totally agree with you. Bringing their own balls, okay, wow. Well, what else are you going to do with those balls when you bring your own balls? That's what happened. Well, yeah, I mean, every, everybody's trying to get an edge, and that's why I think that's what the comments were from uh, Montana. I think Montana said his, his linemen used to put stick them on their jerseys. Uh, sure. And, uh, you know, uh, Phil said that they, they used to let a layer out of the ball because they weren't, they're, you know, when they played for the Knicks, they weren't the most talented team, so they could slow the game mm-hmm. down, you know, with, with the little uh, less air in the ball. Remember uh, oh. Moreno, uh, his receivers were wearing those gloves? Mm-hmm. Or he was wearing the gloves. Somebody was he, wearing he gloves. He was wearing gloves, yeah. And they're like, no, he can't do that because it's an unfair advantage <laughs> or something like that. It's like... Yeah. Isotoners. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's right. It was isotoners. <laughs> yeah, because he used to do the commercials. <laughs> oh, well, you know, it's uh, it, it, everybody goes. You know, everybody did something. Back when I was playing things, when they, they were doing things. So I'm just saying, you know, I mean, it, it's that you, when you make an issue of it, that's that's what happens. I mean, some guys would always try to get. We'll put a little stick in here, a little something on the side of his hand, a little bit on his socks. I, mean, I know for a fact some guys used to put a little bit on his socks just for gripping situation, not because of the ball, just to grip and hold the ball. Because of certain environment, you know, environments they play in, you know, like in humidity when the ball, when it's really moist and stuff like that, and then but then you go to cold weather. So I mean, you know, I'm sure they they they, they did that. The one it's thing, the one, the one thing that Montana did say though, he said, "Yeah, we did it until we got caught. We got caught. We just we just took our lumps and moved on." So, <laughs> but, well, uh, yeah, I mean, man, you know, you okay, you take your lumps. You see, because if I would have been Tom Brady, I would say first person. Well, hey, man, you know, I don't get these guys got the balls, did what they said, and you go, okay, what, what, what's my deal? See, if he'd have said that, then it'd been nothing. He'd have probably got, he'd probably got a little slap on the hand, a little fun. But the fact that he denied and did this and threw guys under the bus based on all the reports that are coming out, that's what got him in trouble. If he just said, hey, okay, w- okay, what did I do wrong? Okay, yeah, I like the ball a little softer. And I just didn't tell everybody. And what he could have, should have done, it just went to the rest and hey, look, I like it like this. So what's the problem? Then it, it, then it wouldn't be so controversial if he'd have done it that way. But getting in front of the podium and saying what he did, and he had yeah. the owner get involved, he had Belichick get involved, 
you know, which that wasn't going anywhere, but the fact if you just stepped up and said, hey, look, I did it, I like it this way, so what's my penalty of doing that? Then it would have been any nothing. He, he could easily have said, I mean, because like, I don't know, like when I was in college, if they told me to write an 8 to 12, eight to 12 page paper, I wrote a 7 and 1 word on 8 page paper. You know, you do the absolute bare minimum you need to sort of kind of qualify for the requirements. And if I were Tom Brady, I would have said, yeah, you know, I told the guy, hey, go make it 12 and just enough that it's not 12.0 or whatever, you right. know? Like, right. And I told him as low as possible while still within reasonable bounds of the rules. If he would have yeah, said that's... that, right. I think people would have said, all right, you know, They'd they, they kind of fucked no up. Yeah. Yeah. If, he, if he had done bus, something like but... that, if he had done something like that, it would have been no problem. But for him but to sit the, there the, with the, that you start, Then you start bringing all the trauma into it and say, I didn't do it, blah, blah, blah. I still say... Fucking cop out to nothing, man. <laughs> Prove it. <laughs> yeah, but the NFL is not a court of law. It's a, it's a, it's a, what do you call it? A banana, banana republic. It's a huh? Travis Sham mockery. Well, you know the the the, the other thing is uh, the other the other thing is is that um, you know he's the guy that got caught. It's like we said before. This is this type of stuff has been long running and long going, and. Right. and uh, but remember what I said to you. Remember what I said to you. He got caught because he brought issue. Him and he, him and Manning. I think him yeah, and Manning he, he got brought attention to the situation and that created even created more to, to focus on him. Told him told it, Thirty-one of the other owners in the NFL told Roger Goodell, "Go handle this guy because they're right. his bosses." He's winning too yeah, much. It was because he won. It wasn't because of because Peyton Manning won sometimes, but not that often. I mean, he nope. won in the regular season, but they're not going after Peyton Manning. And I guarantee you, if they wanted to check, check into the PSI of Peyton Manning, I think I check in the. I think I check into the PSI of the balls. Hey man, they've been look. look he's no, had no, six no, Super no, Bowls. no, you can't. He's had six Super Bowl appearances and four championships. You okay? can't go back in history. You know, the games are over. The games are over. Uh, they don't take B samples of. Uh, PSI. No, they're, they're not. They're not putting these balls aside. Uh, ain't no DNA and no football. Right. So, so you know, it's a situation where. Where, you know, the one guy made the complaint at that game, and then that—that's what happened. And and uh, you know, it's still a, if if it's that noticeable, the refs should have noticed it. I still say I still I still stand by that. Um, but you know, it's 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 over, and, and we'll see what happens. It's uh, not he, over. Like I said before, here's what they're going to do. Well, this is what they're going to do. I believe on the field, they're going to have a gauge on the referee and check those balls between quarter and quarter. They're going to check the balls now. Game is already that's fucking that's slow enough, man. Disagree. Well, I'm just telling you, that's what's going to happen. I'm, 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 I'm not saying they're going to just do it every, every play. I'm saying they're going to check the balls quarter to quarter. That's what, I, that's what they say they're going to do. The balls are going to they're going to stick that needle in and pump it, pull it right out. It won't take long for that. That's what's going to happen, I believe. Moving on. Uh, you wanted to talk about Jack Bolin. Oh, man. What was that about? Or John Bowen. I'm sorry, John Bowen. <laughs> see what I did there? Mm-hmm. Well, you know what happened? He had a problem with a, a domestic violence situation. was called out. Some girl that he was in with everybody started talking about him. And uh, he, I guess, he claimed nothing happened with the child, the girl, but the girl called 911. And he found the 911 dispatcher was saying, well, one time a woman called and said she's in trouble, we're going to follow up. And he was on the phone with the 911 operator, according to reports, that uh, it was, nothing was wrong. Oh, no, I got, that, I got the actual transcripts if you want to hear it. I mean, the guy was a cop. Well, yeah, well, you can say what you want, but, but that's, that's what I was, but I mean, 
Unbelievable. Go ahead. Tell me that. I, I, I want to hear that. I want to hear, hear the rest. You want to hear, hear the rest of the story? Is a, <laughs> one of my favorite radio guys. Oh, let's see. Where you go? Yes, uh, so the, the, uh, the girlfriend dialed 911. The phone got the phone got hung up, and so the the uh, operator called back. There's an automatic callback. Yeah, that's an mm-hmm. automatic callback. And uh, this son of a bitch. I know because my know. kids have done that. Uh, uh, I did it a couple times. Once on accident. <laughs> One time I just knocked the phone off. The okay, table we gotta, yeah, they get this. Okay, so when they uh, when they call back, he picks up the phone. This is this is what he says when he answers the phone. Uh-huh. This is the owner of the Denver Broncos. Bowling dancers. He's the heir to it. That's my dad. He describes as the outgoing message of an answering machine. He says, everything is completely fine. And he, uh, so this is what he informs the uh, uh, the dispatcher. And then he adds, 911, yeah. he adds uh, my girlfriend's leaving. And they said, so why did she call 911 in the first place? Because she's crazy. <laughs> but everything is fine. So they said the the, the dispatcher hears no hears no. Uh, he says, uh, but she's leaving now. And so the uh, he, the dispatcher says, if she's leaving now, why is she screaming in the background? He says because she's crazy. He said she's had she's had seven beers. She's ninety five pounds, and she's being picked up by another. Uh, uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. Yeah, male who she works out with. She is fine, and she's trying to cause a problem. As the blood, as the blood, as the blood of this city, I'm telling you right now, nothing is wrong, and she's leaving my house. He says, I'm sober, I'm a man of the world, I'm a man of the city, a friend of the mayor, and everybody knows exactly who I am. Those are not the words. I've been going through a lot because I've been taking care of my dad. She is leaving right now. Nothing is wrong. I love you guys. Bye-bye. Wow. Yeah, that's very dysfunctional of him to start doing it, then dropping all those names and stuff like that. Yeah, you don't and do Pat that. Bowen, and Pat Bowen is sick as is. You know, you suffer from uh, Alzheimer's and dementia, sad thing. But, I mean, I mean, did he name drop and throw some stuff around? I mean, it's unbelievable. I oh. mean, then also I think he was being groomed to be a part of the organization and stuff just in case this man's not there anymore. I mean... Yeah, they said he was being groomed to be uh, kind of next in line to take over, uh, take over the thing. Right. But uh, I, right. I think that's uh, out of the. Tr- it's not to be put on hold for so a while. much. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's put on hold. I, I think that's an embarrassing thing. I think got to remember he's part of the league. He's part of the league. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. Well, it says it says in the, uh, uh, the the statement from the Broncos said that he is, uh, uh, you know, he's under the same rules of the league, so he will be dealt with accordingly. Right, hmm. and, uh, and but that don't have a problem. Elway had an issue too, I believe too. So, but uh, oh, his, his son, not Elway, but his son got in trouble uh, about a year or so ago. <laughs> about, about a year or so ago. Yeah. yeah, you know, but I mean that's not the same situation. But that's still, but that's still embarrassing to face the league because he's attached indirectly to a, a one of the greatest players that played in the league's history. So, I mean, it's all, it's all, it's all, it's all sad at the end of the day. I mean, when you when you see something like that and it's going on, I mean, it, it goes from. And you, and I'm just gonna say to what it is. You got these brothers getting in trouble now. Here you got uh, owner's son doing what he's done. So obviously he's had some issues. Uh, so uh, the league will deal with that. And I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what the league will do and how to handle. I'm just curious to see how they're gonna handle that particular situation because he's on he's he's on uh, he's he's on tone to take that team over. 
I, I believe, believe, that, I, believe I believe that the term is he was uh, in line. Uh, <laughs> you, you probably won't get as much press. As, uh, you think you said a, he was? <laughs> you probably won't get as much press as Deflategate, though. No. <laughs> Hell no. Oh, no. no he, won't, he, he, he won't get that. I mean, that's a whole thing. But, but it's still, unlike, like Keith said, but it's still under the umbrella of the NFL, and they're going to they're gonna handle it accordingly. A.D., you wanted to give a shout-out to Madison, you said. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, this. I ran into a little young girl, and uh, they said she's a talented girl, and she's a great pitcher. And all I'm going to tell I'm going to say to say this one thing. UCLA, Arizona State, Cal, Oregon State, Oklahoma, all you, there's a little girl out there that can really pitch. And I hope she did well this week because everybody claims that she's going to – she possibly, possibly could be pitching a no-hitter. That's how good she is. Yeah. So, uh, Madison, I hope you did your thing, my dear, because I'm going to check it out. But I do believe that you have a great future, and she's a sharp little girl, and I'm going to tell you something. They say she got a serious drop ball, and she's pitching. So, uh, I just wanted to say that to her. And, you know, these kids these days need all the inspiration they can get, and she's very talented. She's a good student, so... Absolutely. I wish you the best. Andy, before we wrap things up, uh, tell everybody about the book. Well, first of all, you know, we, we, you know, we touched it with, with, the, with, the, with Anthony Davis and the retirement of these guys, and it's, it's going to be a serious trend. So my book addresses that kind of stuff, and I was one of the, I was one of, uh, I was the first guy of 115 ball players to get this, their, their brain scan with Dr. Dame Annion, the NFL brain study, and I'll just say it's a great read. Go so check it out. I mean, I'm pushing because it's, it's one it's one of the major issues in sport today, especially with football and just in general society. Just pick it up because it's a great read in terms of that. I'm I'm proud of that because it's it's, it's an issue you got to deal with, and also it coincides with the fact that I did a little did a movie that had a little had a little role in, in uh, the upcoming movie called Concussion. Sony release comes out in December of this year, and, and it coincides with that film. Excellent. The book's called Concussion, How the Notre Dame Killer Recovered His Brain. You can uh, you can get to it right Kick off, off the... Concussion. Yeah, Kick Off Concussion, How the Notre Dame Killer Recovered His Brain. It's uh, You can click on it uh, right on the front page of swoopsroll.com. You can order it from Amazon and uh, all the uh, all the other places where you can order the, order the books. And uh, check it out. Get it. And, uh, yeah, let, AD, you know, let us know, and we'll, we'll, get, we'll see if we can get AD to, you know, scribble his name in there for you. Oh, well, we can do that, <laughs> but I don't, I don't know if my brain is still in dealing with uh... – Swoops and T-Bone, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm going to have to get some re- more rehabilitation. You, know? <laughs> you go up, I'll go down. <laughs> I'm going to have another beer. <laughs> AD, brother, hey, uh, as always, it's always great to, to have a chance to chat with you. We will not be on next week because a couple of us have grad- kids graduating, so uh going to take care of that next week. But uh, we'll be back the following week, man. Okay, thank you. Take care. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, brother. Anthony Davis, everybody. 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 Timmy. Anyway. <laughs> 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 We're going to take a quick break. Come back over to the phone lines for a little bit. Uh, this is Flesh and Bone, How I Roll Up. Talk to you in a bit.
that ever slug him. Flesh is a youngin'. He ran a game, he runs and runnin'. So it's around and square stuntin'. Always kept it 100. They fake the funk and wonder why stack full of bone and dumpin'. Head huntin'. Flippin' on haters worse than the tumbler. Punish newcomer. They like a bag of rocks and dumb. But flesh with them on a plunder. Get it, we get best. Let's get up, go by my way. Curious bystanders get caught up in the melee. Everybody got a melee, melee. Flesh wants to roll up. Get it, we go for fun. Get full of venomous things up. I'm covering when it detonate like explosive. That's cool. Stack like a book, just like I'm supposed to do skin closure, then I'm gonna have to give you closure. I caught first glance, the last you remember Getting hauled off inside an ambulance We massive like hatches, man, who was that running ramp? And I see you thirsty for chance It's gon' dance with a whole pack of poultry was vamping on a scarf You all up, nothing left of you but skeleton Inner resistance irrelevant Your existence is no longer prevalent We better through the land full of milk and honey Make it overflow like Niagara It's money over these stacks Don't get irrational, a shadow creep up and blast Description of a man in a mask The last they heard was that laughter it really don't matter at all, y'all never been the fact Or a matter of fact, that's the master Happen to practice smashing bastards It's real, finna get more wicked than your pastor Before I blast, you drop the cash and valuables in the basket Don't bother asking, I'm never gonna stop harassing I ran into something tragic, don't tell him how bad I thrash Welcome to Our World Today. What's your question? 
Our continents make up 29% of the Earth's surface, meaning that 71% is comprised of water. Man automatically adapts to environmental conditions. So why do I need to take swimming lessons? Are you ready for kids who eat healthy? Good nutrition can lead to great things. To find out how a healthy lifestyle can help your child succeed, go to MyPyramid.gov. Brought to you by the Ad Council and USDA. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Let TalkStream Live transform the way you listen to radio. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. You're listening to the Talk Story Radio Network. My name is Mary Scholes and you're listening to Swoop's World. I'm sorry, baby, but I tried. Sorry for telling you those lies. Sorry for messing with your Welcome back to Swoosh World on Talk Star Radio Network. Uh, we're about uh, 10 minutes away from T-Bone's timeout, so we're going to sit here and uh, talk about things. But uh, if anybody wants to call in, it's 562-912-3444. You know you want. That is 562-912-3444. And uh, we'll chat about a few things, man. Uh, did you guys see uh, uh, Jerry Seinfeld's been on fire this week? <laughs> I uh, saw your post, and I loved everything. <laughs> I agree completely. Uh, how could you not? I mean, oh, I, he's, he's freaking spot on, man. Did you, see, did you get a chance to read that, man? Uh, let's see if I can bring it up. You know, you know how these computers work, man. It's, just, it's touch and go at times. So uh, he says, uh, political correctness will destroy comedy. It says, uh, Jerry Seinfeld believes political correctness has put comedy on a self-destructive path. This is in The Hollywood Reporter. He says, during a recent ESPN interview with host Colin Cowherd. Uh, Not the most politically correct guy out there, but he tries sometimes. <laughs> sometimes when he does try, it's like, dude, just, just shut up. You. Exactly. <laughs> you know you're an asshole. It's fine. Cowherd. Uh, I, you know, it's funny. I, I always cringe when I actually agree with him. Uh, <laughs> uh, but he mentioned to Seinfeld that Chris Rock and Larry the Cable Guy intentionally do not uh, perform at college campuses because the students are too politically correct. And uh, Seinfeld says, I don't play colleges, but uh, I hear a lot of people tell me, he, he tell me, don't go near colleges. They're too PC. He continued. He says, I'll give you an example. My, my daughter's 14. My wife says to her, well, you know, in the next couple of years, I think maybe you'll be going, going or want to go uh, hang out in, uh, around the city more on the weekends so you can see boys. Yeah. And he says, you know what my daughter says? She says, that's sexist. Seinfeld said, college students don't understand racism or sexism. He says they want to use these words. That's racist. That's sexist. That's prejudice. They don't even know what the fuck they're talking about. Amen. <laughs> and you know we've had this, we've had similar discussions uh, here on the show about about stuff like that. It's like you know people they throw away they throw around these terms and you know they call things that and, and everything and and it's like uh, it's like the boy who cried wolf, man. I mean you yeah. you know when 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 shit really is sexist and really is is racist. 
it, you know, a lot of times people are just going to go, oh, whatever, you, you call everything sexist and racist, and you're like, you know, no, this really is, really is, listen to me now. And I think that's what, what, what happens a lot of things. And, and, I, and I think it's a shame because as far as comedy goes, that's, all bets are off, man. Yeah. You know, that's... Yeah. yeah. If you are, if you're going to be offended by, persons, by a person standing up in front of 500 people with a microphone and telling jokes, then... It's your problem, not the comedian's problem. And go find a different comedian. Yeah. Well, that's go the, find one that you like. That's the problem, though. See, when you play when you play the college circuit, and, I, and, I saw some big name guys come through. They weren't big name at the time, but that's where those guys go and they, 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 they work their stuff out. Yeah, and they you play figure out what works. And, it, and yeah. half the time, it's either free or just a couple bucks, and they're standing in front of the cafeteria, and, or you know. <laughs> and you know, I I saw what you posted, you yeah. know, and your comments on the whole thing, yeah. and I couldn't agree more in terms of the fact that. The, the American college campus today is the last possible place that you want to go to freely express your thoughts and ideas. Which is a shame. It's a terrible that's shame. Where we but, it's, but it makes perfect sense when you see what we're churning out of these places these days. Yeah. I mean, the, the bachelor's degree is devalued in many ways in the job market now for freaking good reason. Because these people don't learn shit in college. Because they aren't asked to think for themselves. And what's funny is the other thing you posted about the liberal college professor, professor who's yeah. terrified of liberal how students? in the bag liberal, politically correct his students are because they're just, they want to be like, I don't know, it's, it's part of my whole theory about how, you know, we got all these people, all these 20-something kids at bars watching soccer wearing scarves and shit. And it's like, <laughs> they just want to be Europe. And that's fine. If you want to be there, just go there. That's cool. But you don't have to... America has its problems. I'm sorry, the states has its problems. But I don't know. This entire idea that you're not allowed to piss people off pisses me off. I think the problem with the uh, college campuses in... in, Not not enough nudity? Well, (laughs) not anymore. Uh, (laughs) uh, But currently, I mean, and I felt this when I was in college uh, 20-something years ago, is that it felt too much like high school. And in high school... Right or wrong, I mean, it's it's like there are, prote- there are protections, yeah, in and, place. and it should be because it you're is. dealing with people underage yeah. people, minors, and I felt like college wasn't anything more than just an extenuation uh, extension of that. It was just I, I'm like I just High felt school like of ashtrays, yeah, back exactly. When could, back when you could smoke on a college campus, and I just which thought, you can't do in California right. anymore. I just thought that was BCW. it was very annoying. It was very frustrating. It was like I, I came here to like be able to explore these ideas and these concepts. And, and it's, it's like, but see, that's what I, I will admit, I will I, I will say the, the one thing about the colleges I went to, you were forced to think. You were forced to 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 come out of your comfort zone. Yeah, you know, they, they, there were things presented to you that some of them you agreed with, some of them you didn't didn't agree with. But we had free discussions within the classes and and you know you didn't get offended because you were you know it was it was you were supposed to state your opinion and be able to uh defend your opinion and everybody would have a chance to, to really I, ideally, explore ideas yeah, ideally that should be the way it works because you can't and you know my my brother who he takes extreme opinions on a semi to regular basis, <laughs> but he does so knowing that he's going to be wrong more often than not. 
but when someone talks to him about it and explains a better opinion, he's more than willing to adopt it. Well, that's and the way it should be. That's the way it should be. And, you know, he's not a perfect espousal of that ideal. I don't claim that in any <laughs> sense. But, you know, th- we've come to a point now where there is no reasonable dialogue. There's no debate about things. If you disagree with somebody, you immediately get to call them hateful and bigoted or whatever. And, hey, there's a lot of hateful and bigoted people out there, but a lot of what they say isn't. A lot of what they say does still make sense. And even there if it is... There could be 20% of what they say that's you know absolute what? nonsense. Even and if it is hateful, it's, it's college. It's where you are supposed to be encountered to people who, who may have ideas that are completely the exact opposite of what you believe, which may be... I mean, I'm not a proponent of Nazism, but... You know, you should be able to discuss it. You should, yeah. and, and and if you want to be able to make an argument, and I certainly never would, but if you want to be able to make an argument that the white Aryan race is superior, you should be able to do that. You should be able, in that environment, make that argument. Hopefully, somebody just intellectually beats you down, and you yeah. just you get. And, and that's, but that's what that's for, that's, right? That's, that's, that's what it's that's supposed, what it's to, supposed be. to be for. And that's what you know. What, but first of all. That should be able to be freely discussed on college campuses. And it's a pretty easy, logical argument, it's, too. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not, but that's not what you're getting. But right. well, well, my, my, my point is, is we've gotten to a point where not only on college campuses, you can't only discuss stuff in public anymore. And, and, and everybody's ex- expected to, be, like you just mentioned, everybody's expected to believe the same thing the same way, the same thing. You know, you do not, you do not, if everybody believed, if everybody believed the world was flat, where would we be today, right? If nobody stepped outside the box and says, you know, I think that's kind of a fucked up idea there. I think there's, you know, there's some other things going on here, right? Uh, and, 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 you know, all, all of the, the, the computer system, the technology we have, if, if everybody was lumped into a certain thought and never stepped outside of that thought, we'd still be banging our women on the heads with clubs and dragging them into the cave, well, and, man. You know, you just sold it for me. But, <laughs> um, but you know, the, the whole, like we talked last week, I think, maybe the week before, about, and and here's one of those great times where anyone who's listening who gets this soundbite is going to think I'm the worst person on the planet. I think Caitlyn Jenner is disgusting. <laughs> And it has nothing to do with the fact that she tucks the sack back. It's because she's a media whore who just wants people to look at her and the rest of her trash-ass family. I don't care if you're switching from dude to chick or vice versa. She slash formerly he is a disgusting human being. He may have been a great athlete in one part of his life. He probably still is. Probably could still beat me in a race. No doubt. <laughs> I'm faster than I look, though. I am. You're quick. But saying, even She's fast. attacking a person's, you know, something about a person's character that you find to be reprehensible immediately goes back to some other quality about that person that has nothing to do with what you're talking about, and you become the evil, bigoted person. Well, and I, like we just talked, like we talked about, like, I don't care if somebody wants to, you know, make the switch teams. That's cool. You know, Kurt Flood fought for your right to be a free agent. That's legit. And we, we discussed this, like you said, we talked about it last week. And, and the thing is, is 
uh, she's getting all the credit for paving the road, and there, there's people that paved the road before her. I mean, like I said, Renee Richards. You mentioned Chaz Bono. Yep. Uh, there's, 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 there's a whole a slew of people well, that, you know, of, of, of name. Yeah. That, that, uh, and you know, know what my wife mentioned, uh, and I don't know if she, this is her own thought or, or, or once he read, I don't, I don't know. But she, which, something that she pointed out was uh, Caitlyn Jenner comes out as, like, a sex pot. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, there's well, no, I mean, there's no if, way around that. If Annie Leibovitz shot us and those makeup artists spent 10 hours working with us, we'd be hot on the cover of the magazine. But too. <laughs> seriously, let's think about this. Let's think about this. So, Vanity Fair, fashion magazine, always has a sexy chick on there. You know, if Caitlyn really wanted to come out as a a human of value, yeah. Would she come out as a 65-year-old sex pot? I mean, how many 65-year-old sex pots are there? I mean, well, but how why many, didn't she how come many out? How 65-year-old sex pots are connected to the Kardashians? Right. But, and that's the point. It's like, is, it wasn't even a realistic he turning into she wanted to look like a 20-year-old. And that doesn't do any justice to, or service to, to women who are 65. I mean, how many? I mean... They made her look. They tried to make her look, and I I saw the picture. I mean, it's like, you know, it's like that didn't do any justice to the whole like getting old, getting and that's being older. Unless she really looks like that. Unless she really looks like that, exactly. The witch, you know. (laughs) (laughs) We've all been to bars somewhere, somewhere. We all live in Long Beach, but we're like, "Mm, I'm pretty sure, (laughs) and that's not. And here's yeah. another thing that's gonna that's gonna make me the bad person again, and that's fine. You know, that's where you wear it, it well. it, that's where it becomes. Is this my identity that I feel like I was from birth, or is this me playing a fucking fantasy and exactly. wanting, wanting to be the hot chick? Well, that's kind of where I was going with yeah. it. Yeah, and and because because how many? It's almost it's it's like almost like a double thing. It's like I want to be a woman. I don't want to just be any woman. I want to be a hot 20-year-old yeah, woman. Yeah, while you're at it, you know, you know, you can do a little old... And I... which, which, I think I said last week, it seems to me like she is competing with the other Kardashians for that limelight, for that... that well, she's got her... Biggest media she's got award. Her, she's got exactly. her own show. I mean, she's got her own show. That, that was the thing that... Uh, and I, I think we talked about this before. That was the thing that... For me, was the was the, the the negative part of it? Like you said, if, if if Bruce wanted to become Caitlyn, I got I can care less. I got no problem with that. More power to you. If you want to go, through, you know, that's what you feel that you should be. It's all the stuff that came along with it. That uh-huh. you know, it was the, the three hour Diane Sawyer thing, and the the you know, I, we're gonna film us on the Kardashians, me telling the kids, and then let's do the let's do the Vanity Fair thing. And now let's do the the uh, the spin. It's basically a spinoff um, you <laughs> of know, the most disgusting uh, family yeah, on the planet. Uh, you know, so you know she gets her own show, and you know, regardless of all of that, I ever saw a comment. Somebody said, you know, they they run the numbers. They said, you know, she's in line to make about fifty million off of this, <laughs> and you know, she spoke and she said, I uh, and, and and at that point, I do agree with her. She says. Uh, if I can make money off it, I'm still a business person. I'm gonna. I'll take the money. I'll take the money. 
But the problem that I think we all have is it doesn't doesn't yeah exactly <laughs> exactly and like I said I don't I don't think moment. anybody goes through a sex change for the publicity I think that's something that is deep down inside that has that you know you felt that had to be done and and, and unfortunately but, but as yeah. you said had without all that other crap that's happened in between the guest the, the speaking engagements and all that kind of right. stuff and it sleazes it up a little bit. It certainly yeah. does. It and the, certainly does. And, you know, if we were in a, a critical thinking class in heavy quotes on a college campus right now. We couldn't have this discussion. No. No, because they would say, well, three you, us, you three think us that they just should be ashamed. <laughs> you they should be ashamed of themselves for finding their true gender identity. And, and, and it's, it's like, that's not what I said at all. Not at all what I said. And Jerry Seinfeld is fucking spot on. Well, it's funny that you say that. I, I, I guest hosted on Rob Saul's show yesterday, right? Oh. And this came up, oh. and, this came up and, I, and I said exactly the same thing I'm saying now. And we got a call. Somebody says, you know, you know, Caitlin is this, that, and that, and that, and you're wrong. And I'm like, that's not what I said. I, I said you've got a right to do whatever. I, you know, and I still I still stand by my Renee Richards standpoint because that was huge when I was a kid. And this person was playing tennis, and I don't remember her name before she made the transition. So when she was a man, she was playing tennis, and on the professional level, you know, went went and had the change, became Renee Richards, wanted to continue to play at a professional level, had the Sioux professional tennis. The, because she went to a tournament and they, they said she she can't play and she's had to sue. She won her suit. She was able to play. She, she rose to the number twenty in the world at one point, and uh, I think she the best she finished the season. That was number twenty two in the world. Had a long career as a coach. Coached uh, Wimbledon champions, and and I understand you know we got social media now and everything's a whole lot bigger and stuff like that. But you know let's not forget let's not forget who paid who really paved the road. All right. And and if you can't remember that far back because you weren't around then, you gotta remember Chaz Bono. I mean, because you know a lot of us grew up with chastity, you know, and and like you said, the Sonny and Cher, the whole big thing. You gotta remember Chaz Bono, and, and Chaz went through with the, with the, the whole thing, and it got no nearly that much publicity. And 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 you know, in your Cher's offspring, you can get as much freaking publicity as you want, right? But it was so. This was this is what sleazes this one up. If Bruce Jenner had become Caitlyn Jenner, say, five years or ten years even, after he had won the gold medal. This would be brave. This would be compelling. This would be everything that they're saying it is now. You know, but you'd when be you like, spent, holy shit, when really? When you spent your life on a reality show the last 10, 12 years. When a guy, the only person with any talent in that entire household, has been eclipsed by all these ass clowns. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's been the back burner of this entire family of fucking The one disasters. person that's actually done something. Yeah, yeah actually has a talent. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, you notice he said something, not someone. <laughs> and that's, yeah, I mean... I can't necessarily blame him for, for what appears to me to be a little bit of a break. I mean, he, there's a snapping that happened there in more ways than one. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> we all have the angle at which it can no longer, you know. Oh, uh, sorry about it. <laughs> no, 
We get any calls yet? No one's no one's calling on this topic. That's all right, man. We we keep it rolling, man. Yeah, you are you ready to? No, dude. Let's that? just keep talking about. If it. If we'd done the show a little early, we might have got uh, some of our old faves like Tom O'Keefe to go to. But he's in bed now. So. No, he's he's he's, he's on log, man. man. <laughs> he's on log. Man. <laughs> <laughs> he's been out about two and a half hours. <laughs> about eight. About, when he shows up about eight twenty-five, eight thirty, he starts going. He starts fading bed. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure that uh, Dave would be happy. Having a passionate, uh, oh, yeah, passionate yeah, yeah. chat room conversation with himself about this. Right I'm now. surprised that Stacy didn't call in, man, because you know I know she's listening. But uh, hey, you know it's 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 uh, it's just so much. Uh, you know, when you're talking about education. I heard a thing on the way in. Okay, I'm so glad my kids aren't in LA City schools. <laughs> LA City has decided they have this. Uh, you know, the classes that you have to take that are college prep, right? Right. Uh, and they, the, the the P is for joke. <laughs> so they've decided that uh, stepping forward, and now if I'm wrong, but this is kind of what I heard on the radio. So stepping forward, that that class they will uh, they will pass you on that class. You had to get at least a C to get the credits for the college prep. So they said, well, not enough kids are doing, passing it, so now they're going to let it, they give you the credits with a D, which is stupid because they said even if they give them the credits with a D, Cal State schools and the UC schools don't. still won't accept it. The D is for don't accept it. <laughs> right. And I'm thinking, who are you fooling here? You're, I you're, thought you're, the D was for a, dummy. It's such a, or disservice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because which it, is what this entire <laughs> district is doing. Yeah, and I'm thinking – you know, we talk about the college campuses, but what's 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 filtering in is is people who had this disservice done to them. Once they can eventually get there, yeah. um, I mean, what is the rationale behind that? The rationale behind, well, we don't, we don't, you know, it's like you, you don't feel good. We're going to make you feel better that you get the, you pass that class, but you still, we'll give you the credits for it now, but it's not going to be accepted by the college you apply to. I mean. And you don't need those credits to go to the community college. So, mm-hmm. what, which is the whole point of it? Yeah, they're just passing them on to the next way station. You know, just yeah, someone else will fix it. Well, it's like that professor wrote, and that professor, the statements that he was making, I've heard from my friends who are college professors right now, talking about you know, you could say something in class, teaching, you know, or even we talked about Huck Finn or something like that. One kid says he's offended or she's offended. And they go to the, you know, they go and report you. Now you have to defend yourself. It's not like you, could, you can't just say, "Come on, look at the curriculum." This is this book is a. We had a discussion about a long-term American novel, and they say, "Well, you know, you got to explain yourself." This, that, and the other. I mean, it, it was just it was just a, it was such a depressing article, wasn't it? I mean, yeah. Why would why would you want to be a professor uh, these days? Uh, if this if this is the life you have to live uh, to try to actually teach kids and better our society, you know the, the goal. Most most professors and teachers are passionate about what they do, and they really feel that they're you know doing the better good, and they're trying to move you know impart wisdom on these moldable young minds uh, so they can move on and, and and be the next the leaders you know the leaders of the future and if you can't really challenge them where do we go from here going to be a bumpy <laughs> ride bro you can yeah well, bite are all 
the future. <laughs> You're the one that's next up, buddy. So uh, it's going to be. Uh, yeah, I, I, I just don't know, man. I mean, I remember graduating high school, like towards the end of high school, realizing that, oh, you mean I don't even have to write, like, a, I don't have to write even a paragraph to get into these colleges? I just check boxes and type in my 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 name and my parents' names and you know my check a demography box and I'm good. I was baffled. I got into Cal State a whole bunch of places based on the fact that some computer hopefully got it right. Yeah. Which they always they don't always do. Yeah. And this the Cal States are, they do a good thing in, some, in many ways. But the number of our students that reach the point of getting into those colleges who couldn't possibly pass a writing proficiency exam if it was posed at the onset of their college career is just staggering. I mean, my wife uh, actually for two or, two or three years was a... Uh, taught at Cal State Long Beach and she taught a very specific course uh it was for it was uh I don't remember the course but it was a course environmental, that, it was an environmental course environmental right. course which she's an expert in uh <clears throat> and the course <clears throat> excuse me was geared towards people who were going to go into environmental law so like these were these were students who were not just interested in, in the environment, but they were also interested in the law. So, you know, and it, so it wasn't, this wasn't an entry level. Right, this she is, was teaching that class. Yeah, this is juniors and seniors getting ready to graduate and getting ready to go to law school or, or possibly go into uh, some sort of uh, graduate school for, like, environmental sciences, uh, oceanography type stuff. So these, these all should have been kids that knew kind of what they were doing and – just based on that, should have been writers, right? Slight, they should have been slightly more prepared than yeah. what they were. And she was aghast at just how across the board uh, poor the writing was. Uh, you know, and this was five years ago, six years ago, uh, that she doesn't do it anymore. And uh, but but just as you were saying, she couldn't believe that these people could have gotten this far in their college career and not be able to write. Let alone get into college. They shouldn't these because of how bad they were. They they probably shouldn't even gotten in. Well, college. you know, thankfully, no child is being left behind nowadays. <laughs> well, <so. laughs> well, here's that's another thing, man. And, and, and we've talked about this before. You know, we, we've got this. There's some things that are happening now that that uh, baffle me. And it's like you know, everybody, everybody, you know, everybody has to go to college. You know, when I, when I was growing up. They they kind of figured out that we had there were trade schools that everybody I mean everybody's not cut out for that right it's I'm not saying that everybody shouldn't have that opportunity the opportunity is, is should definitely be there but you shouldn't be forced to go there because it might be, not might not be your gig you know what I mean and and you know we, there was trade schools or different outlets for people and there are different things people you need to do and and I, and I heard something today where they somebody's talking about trying to make voting mandatory and voting was a it was one of those things where we say. You know, it's a privilege that you get to, you get to vote, and and you know, and you, and you and you go, you express yourself by voting or not voting, right? Um, you know, 
there's dictatorships that force you to vote. And the they also tell you how to vote. Turns out that you voted for it. Exactly. They also tell you how to vote. And some of the stuff I'm hearing sometimes is just like, this is not what, what we were all about, you know? And, and, and uh, it just, I don't understand what, what, what's happening with, with some of this stuff. And, and you know, when, when we talk about the things that, you know, that these two, these two articles are about, you know, with Seinfeld and, and his professor and the experiences that we've all had and the experience that your wife had when teaching there, you kind of wonder, saying, like, what, where, where is this going? Where, is, where does it lead to? Because it, it doesn't seem like it's leading to improvement of our society, you know, and that's what we all want to see. We want to see, we want to see things get better, you know, and, and, and uh, it seems like sometimes the thought process there is leading things backwards to me. I don't know. If you can't, if you can't freely express yourself and have dis- open discussions and, as you say, you know, be enlightened by something you heard and say, well, maybe I was way wrong on this, you know, and if everybody's in lockstep, and moving down the same direction, if that's the wrong direction, you know, shit's going to be bad. <laughs> You're listening to the Swoops Road on the Talk Story Radio Network. We are going to take a quick break and listen to uh, International Nova. This is all Mansions and Audemars. Back after this. Shiny things, treasures of every king, the sun, the stars, the moons, and Mars, and everything between. I'm a ghetto flyness Cause I don't bend no frown Instead don't see one My little mama hold it tan She's my ghetto queen huh? Uh-huh. Cause she my ghetto queen My marriage my real love There ain't no in between Cause she my damn damn My missus hold me up My lowest flower bomb Baby girl she know what's up Stop. Yeah See I can take you there We can take a trip around the world Well I take you there to that white sand, somewhere with nice tans To that moon and the stars, I'm the right man Diamond rings and shiny things shiny. Treasures of every king oh. The sun, the stars, the moon, the Mars hey. Up in that morning, you can hide our rendezvous. Your body's banging, hip or knocking. We can make our own scenes. Baby, keep it quiet, cause them neighbors, they be hearing that. Damn, wait, let me massage your body. We can make this all night. Show each other, don't tell nobody. Lay in your back, caress your spine. Baby, at your own pace. We ain't gotta rush, ma. I can make this all day. So give me one night. I guarantee I can blow your mind. I can make this last your whole life. Somewhere with nice tanks To the moon and the stars Diamond rings and shiny things Treasures of every king The sun, the stars, the moon, the Mars And everything between All the many secret ever told Cause you're worth your waiting on 
same, baby. You worth so much more. Mansions and automobiles. Tell them sunshine. International note. Let me drive. How do you know when it's time to give up the keys? When your dog grabs your keys from your lap and your lap is on the floor. Yep, it's Jeff Foxworthy for Rad saying, when you party, be sure to designate before you celebrate. It want to make it home alive. Let me drive. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, Rad, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Please don't drink and drive. It's not fun. Hey, over here, behind the fence. Huh? You? The bike? Yeah, the bike. Here in the grass where the kids left me a while ago. Could you get the dust off my seat and remind the kids how fun I still am? Okay. Oh, you are dusty. I may need my spokes tightened, too. Let's go. As Native American parents and caregivers, our encouragement to healthy lifestyles for our kids is helping them get outside and play. Get ideas. Get involved. Get going at letsmove.gov slash Indian Country. Brought to you by USDA, HHS, and the Ad Council. Talk Story Radio. This is Carrie Wade, and you're listening to Swoop's World. Is it a constant spin? I ask as I begin to once again feel unsettled in my skin. I'm at dinner. <laughs> Welcome back to Swoops Roll of the Talk Star Radio Network. <laughs> Sometimes I think we should just go ahead and broadcast during our commercials because <laughs> that's when all the good stuff happens. That's all the good shit starts happening. Shout out to those listening on all the ways. I know Ama and uh, Stacey were listening on the uh, Swoops World app. Those of you listening on Talk Stream Live, as well as all the other ways to listen to Swoops World. Pedro, are you having problems back there, man? Yeah, yeah I've repaired this chair a number of times. That's why Cliff broke. No, no, it would be way more dangerous. <laughs> I only see one serious structural flaw. I feel like there are a lot of problems at the joints of that chair, but I see an, I see one actual you know, breach of solid wood there. But there would be probably several more. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm switching out. Switching out seats. That's all that is. Uh, Did you go with the righty or the lefty? What's that? Did you go with the, the righty or the lefty? You, you, just, you just pulled in something. Just, That's yeah. fine. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully this one you know, gets you the save. This one creaks a bit more, uh, but it's, uh, it's sound. Just a reminder, just a reminder uh, we will not be live next week because uh, my kid's graduating from high school. And, uh, Peter's got something to go for for his kid, and T-Bone's got some uh, newly married family stuff to take care of. So uh, we're all, we're all we've got commitments next week. Yep. <laughs> That's right, lady. He's he's off the market officially. Sorry, broads. <laughs> I know you've been salivating for years at the possibility of landing this big fish. <laughs> but I am officially. Already on ice. <laughs> you could have had all of that. <laughs> Seriously, the number keeps rising. If it was by the pound, who? <laughs> she cashed in at the right. How time. much is a stone? 
That's 14 pounds. Is it? Because somebody, somebody lost, I was watching something, and the guy says, and he lost three stone. That's a shit ton. That's a lot I mean, of You know, metaphorically lose, speaking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was going to do the old uh, convert, but uh, I, 40, I figured I'd wait and talk to the, the brains of the operations 42 here. 42 pounds. Yeah, good for them. Yeah. Let's play uh, T-Bone's intro. Whether yeah, we, whether we talk that's or fine. Uh, you know that sound? It's time for sports with T-Bone's timeout. Or as we say it here, it's T-Bone's Timeout. Hell. I didn't just say hell. I said well in a long, long form. I'm offended. I would never speak any words that were offensive on this radio program. (laughs) I was kind of running it through my mind when we were talking about the political correctness of colleges and Uh stuff. Like, how many awful things have I said on, not just on the microphone, but in the archives over five years now? Like, I've got five years of things that I could never take back even if I wanted to. Let's just put it this way. If we had a swear jar, you would owe, I think, a pile. Yeah. What question? Are any of us planning on running for office? Oh, the, that ship sailed a while ago. All right, we're good. <laughs> Moving Peter, on. But Peter's got to be a first husband at some point. Oh, that's true. He's got to watch his ass. <laughs> or else that'll be the first divorce. <laughs> Female president. Yeah, that's a... He'd be a representative. I don't think Peter would... What would, what would, what would be your cause if you were the first husband, man? Michelle had the gardens. Yeah, everybody's got their thing. I don't know, man. A condom in every lunchbox. Oh, man. There you go. Bring Fogwa. Fogwa back to the front. There you go. (laughs) I mean, I'm glad. Anytime I find... We got a critter right here on my microphone. <laughs> a little green thing. You know, you, it, speaking of that, it's like know, kazoo. If you have yeah. if you have not gone to the Swoops for All YouTube page and seen the video of T Bone versus the Bumblebee, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. that was just yeah. because of what you brought up. I would never have. Done <laughs> you are missing it. Uh, you know, you got to check that out. You know what? <laughs> If it were a fair fight, I would have kicked that bumblebee. <laughs> he snuck up on me. <laughs> he certainly did, man. Twice. <laughs> fool, fool me once. Shame on you. <laughs> oh, the fool me twice part. I would have loved to say you ain't gonna fool me again, but he totally got me. Oh, oh some next level shit for sure, yeah, dude. Man. That was man. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, the Stanley Cup playoffs are happening, and game four, actually, of the Stanley Cup final took place today-ish, and this is a very interesting... Is the show over? No, no, no. Is the show over? Carry on. Are you looking up the uh, bumblebees? Is that what's happening right now? Am I about to get trapdoored? No, never, uh, man. Never. Not on this show. <laughs> this ain't no... We don't do that. This isn't gotcha journalism. No, man. That ain't us. Um, but game four of the Stanley Cup finals took place today, and um, this was a... a a series that I really didn't know what to think of because I, I honestly saw we've got Chicago from the West and Tampa Bay from the East. And Tampa Bay is a franchise that is now just over 20 years old, I believe. 
And it, for God's sakes, they managed to make ice in Florida, you know, and not serve it up at a Ponderosa restaurant or whatever that their their version of Sizzler is over there. <laughs> uh, they, the, you know, if you looked at this from a from a hockey purist standpoint, this series probably shouldn't even be happening. Thankfully, I don't reside in the part of you know consciousness where hockey purism is a big, big priority on the list. Wait, now, wait, before we go any further, if we're talking hockey and purism, it's June. Yeah. So hockey there's should... Not, there's not even, even ice in, in Chicago Canada. outside right yeah. Now, yeah, even in Canada, like I, I was speaking to my mom, I, or texting my mom recently, in Canada even, there's no ice yeah. or snow. So, so it's like, why in the world is this... Why in the world is this season still happening? And I know I say this every year. Uh, I, I just we do, yeah. Only and we, and we every, say this every year because everybody money, in the league money, makes money, the money. playoffs. <laughs> everybody makes playoffs. Yeah, money. Yeah, I mean, playoff playoff hockey in May would be like pushing it. Would be like World Series ball in November. November which it is could already, happen, but, but it's it, already wrong. It better be wrapping up. It better be like let's get it done now. Yeah. Uh, We're about to lose. In June is absurd. That would be like baseball in December. It's like that just shouldn't be happening. No, there's never a Mister December. <laughs> <laughs> well, not <And> baseball. Hockey. <laughs> hockey has, I guess, for most of the country, you got like six months of god awful hot and six months of miserable cold. You know. Yeah. And then you got like California, Arizona, Oregon. Florida, Georgia, maybe I don't know. I've I've even been to other parts of the South in you know April and September, and it's cold there. Time it's it's just bizarre. We live in a we live in a part of the country here where I I have no concept of weather anymore. It's just it's dry and drier. Except yesterday, man. Yeah. Yesterday was just oh my god, the humidity. It was. was Am I in Florida right now? Yesterday was miserable. Yeah. Oh, dude! And I oh looked. I looked on the the weather app. Is it one hundred percent humidity? No, this is how bad it was. This is how bad we are. Is that I looked on my phone and on the computer, and it was like forty percent humidity. I oh my like, god! Holy piss water! <laughs> Only forty people in the other rest of the people in the rest of the country see forty percent humidity and eighty five degrees, and they go. Eh, that's a summer day. That's <laughs> perfect. No big deal. Oh my god! I... Yeah, like I'm gonna go out and take that's a walk. That's as good as this is gonna get. I was riding my bike back from the gym, and I was like, "Oh, I'm tired." Yeah, I, and that was that was like because you know the cold weather doesn't bother me. So the the big knock on us SoCal people is that we go to other places in the country and it's cold. You know, it's 45 degrees. It might be, but I'm, I'm still like, standing there in shorts. I'm like and 45 degrees, and my nipples aren't even hard. Yet, I'm like, let's go. But the humidity. Oh my you, God! Oh, that kicked. I was sweating from seven a.m. to midnight oh, yeah. plus. Easily. I mean, oh, miserable. I took three showers yesterday, and they were all cold. That's more than he takes in a month. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this was an emergency. What the hell's going on around here? <laughs> so yeah, this entire idea of hockey in June is already preposterous, absurd. But now we're talking about goddamn ridiculous Tampa Bay hockey in June. Yeah. In the Stanley Cup Finals, and uh, today the team from up north 
uh, emerged victorious. But we are now, after four games, this series is even. Two games apiece. Uh, Chicago won game one in sort of the same way that they KO'd the Ducks. Uh, they scored two goals in like two minutes. Dude, when they, that, yeah, they, they hammered the Ducks in that. Boom, boom, two scores. Yeah. They could never, they never recovered from that. Taves team. doesn't know how to spell his name, but he knows how to <laughs> score goals, man. Uh, and Chicago did that same deal, same deal in game one. Two and three, Tampa Bay took them both. And then today in game four, Chicago, in what's been a fairly low-scoring series, you know, I remember about ten years ago, hockey took a break for a year. It was about mm, 10 years right, ago, right? right? Yeah. And, you know, the players and the owners couldn't get along. It's quiet. It's they said some They course. said some naughty names about each other, and then they came back with a whole different set of rules that basically sent scoring through the roof. And if I were a goalie uh, around 04, like coming into the league, I would have said, dude, ink me for the most money you possibly can right now because I'm about to be a sacrificial lamb when we come <laughs> back on this new CBA because – um, God. The, they changed the shape of the crease. They changed all kinds of rules that made it just miserable to be a defender or a goalie in hockey. And it, it made a big difference. I mean, we've seen in, in the 10 years previous, we've seen more teams score like seven goals a game, you know, in one specific game, not on average for the season, because that would be unheard of. But. I mean, the number of goals scored in the NHL has to be, in this period, further, way above and beyond any other part of the league history. Um, but this has been a relatively low-scoring series, and today was no exception. Chicago got a 2-1 victory after Tampa Bay won game three, 2-1, I believe. So um, that's good. That shows you that you know they're, they're having to fight for everything because playoff hockey is just – it's. 60 minutes minimum of just guys beating the crap out of each other. It is intense, for it sure. Is, it is a, a whooping on ice. So, um, I would say normally, and I still am going to, much more entertaining than the NBA Finals. However, the NBA Finals have been better than I would have expected at this point as well. Well, yeah, they had two. first two games were overtime games. and then Game last one game and two went blowout. to overtime. A blowout it was like a fucking... Well, they were, it, and they, they win by like four or five. Yeah, but there were times where it was just like it was just so lopsided. And then, the, and then, the, um, well, game Golden, one, Golden State would keep, Golden State would creep back up. Yeah, then, but game one, that Golden State won in overtime. Cleveland was up by like nineteen at one point in the first half. You know, I, I, I Golden, Golden State would have won the second game if uh, Murray would have hit it, uh, Curry would have hit a shot. I mean, he was, he was, he was freaking cold. He was cold a lot in the third game too, but. Uh, it, it, I tell you what, it's the series is a lot better than I thought it was going to be. It's a lot better than I thought it was going to be. And as that series stands right now, it's 2-1 Cleveland yeah, with a couple more games happening up in the Rust Belt before it comes back over to the Bay. Um, yeah. Uh, I still don't have the slightest idea who's going to win this one. I don't either, but uh, I, I tell you what, man, he's, he's I think LeBron, LeBron plays LeBron, much better at home. He's working his ass off to bring Cleveland to the championship. I'll tell you that. Right? Man, boy, I'll tell you what. Yeah, I'll tell you what there, boy. I'll tell you. Uh, I'll tell you. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Dang old championship, man. <laughs> <laughs> you call me Boo Bauer? Dang. <laughs> 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 
I don't call anyone con super news and phone. Can we just stop for a minute and talk about the genius that is Mike Judge? Yeah, absolutely. I, I was looking through the app store on my phone the other day, and the top top pick for me, the like the store is recommending that I download this app. It was it was one of those ones where you can watch all the episodes of this particular TV show, and it was Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> I, like, Beavis. I, I had a great time watching uh, that when I was 12. I love Beavis I don't Beavis think I've Butthead. watched it in a long time. I, but I love Beavis like, and Butthead and Ren and Stimpy. Uh, yeah, all that shit was pretty funny. <laughs> you know what? Speaking of genius, I watch, I, 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 I've always loved Seinfeld. And half the shit that is a part of Americana the name... <laughs> I mean, it started on, on Seinfeld. I mean, you know, it's like, you know, not that there's anything wrong with that, yada, yada, yada. I mean, there's just so many different What's things. What's the deal? <laughs> exactly. And uh, there's so many things that they, they handle things in such a way that would get past the, the, you know, the network censors at the time. And it's just, a, that show is just, it was groundbreaking and it's, it still holds up well today, man. I enjoyed the little commentary from Jason Alexander about <laughs> why. Why they kill off Why Susan? Why they had to kill off Susan? <laughs> like, and it's the lady, or Julia, Julia, Julia Louise Dreyfus. I'm not going to kill her. <laughs> Don't you just want to kill her? <laughs> nobody, can, nobody can act with this woman. She's a nice person. Yeah. <laughs> but on set, we just... We just don't know what she's, what she's up to. Let's just kill her off. That's fine. It's funny because uh, you know, the, within the last six months, I've seen them all on different things, and they're all still freaking hilarious. I mean, not on. I don't watch Veep or anything, but I've seen them all in like interviews and stuff like. Larry David is just hilarious, and uh, I used to watch Curb Your Enthusiasm, and uh, he was funny on that. But just. I just saw I saw him and Jason Alexander on a little clip where they were giving away or doing a presentation at the Tonys. Hilarious! The guy is just he's he's funny and and, and Seinfeld was on uh, Seth. What's that guy's name? The late late show guy now. Uh, he used to be on uh, Seth Meyers. Seth Meyers show. Oh, he was he was hilarious. And he just did you see that clip? No, I haven't yet. He actually lays out late night TV. Because Seth Meyers starts with the old, so, blah, 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 and he goes, well, wait a second, let's talk about this. He says, here's how this shit really works. They do this pre-interview, and they ask me all these questions. His producer asks me all these questions. So when we come out here, and he says, hey, I heard you've been on vacation. Of course you heard I've been on vacation, because I just told your producer all the shit about my vacation. And so, he just, and so he says, you guys beg me to come on your show. I don't want to do these shows. I don't want to do these So work at it. And it was just great. Throw all your questions out. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> That's good. Oh, it's hilarious. Uh, they're just they're just fun, and I love that comedians and cars getting coffee or whatever. That just genius. It's just genius. And he has so many people on there, and and he talks about things. He the, the one I the most recent one that I saw is not the most recent one that there. The most recent one I saw was with Julia Louise Dreyfus, and they talked about their time on Seinfeld. Which was like, you know, it was like inside baseball shit, man. You, you know, stuff you, you, you never heard about. And, and it was just funny them talking about what it was like and the things they did. Sponges. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he's sponge worthy. 
<laughs> and I was watching that the other day, and uh, that guy, I can't remember his name, uh, I can't remember his name, but he called, talked about himself in the third person. So George starts calling himself <laughs> and talking about himself in the third person. <laughs> George is getting angry. <laughs> The bad zirch and all that shit's hilarious, man. Oh, yeah. I, I'll, uh, I, I could just, I crack me up, man. <laughs> I could, <hey. laughs> Oh, man. And hey, speaking of, how are those Yankees doing? They're, uh, one, uh, they're one and a half up. Oh, they're still in first place. Yes, and uh, Boston's still in the cellar. That division's garbage. And the Dodgers only a half game up over the over the, the gigantes? San Francisco Gigantes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and the Padres or are uh, the Gigantes of the city. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> that's I choose not to refer to that area as that thing because there are a lot of cities in this country slash yes, this indeed. world slash this state even slash that region of the state. Doyers so. just beat the Diamondbacks seven six. Uh, does that make him a full game up? Winning pitcher, Jensen. Uh, I think it depends on what happens with San Francisco. That went extras? Done, yeah. uh, I don't know. I lost track. So I looked a while ago and it was in the ninth, so I'm assuming that went extras. Oh, well, I'll let you know right now. Um, Padres lost the Braves today to fall to, I believe, 30 and 30. Um, after a pretty nice, Padres I think they had like are, a five-game five, five five win streak to get back up there. Because Padres are sitting in third, man. Yeah, they, yeah. Uh, Giants won. So still a half still game. Half. Half game no, no. Padres are only, uh, oh, never, never mind. <laughs> and they're probably, what, six, seven games back? Five, five games no, back. That's fine. That's fine. Striking distance. <laughs> um, it's it's going to be a fun division. And I know I've said that already many times. And I don't care. I'm going to keep saying it. Because you've got three great to decent ball clubs in a 400-mile stretch of California. And that's cool because you can't – I mean, I think the only other division that comes where, where close – A's? A's are in the cellar, man. Yeah, I'm not talking about them. You said fast. four. Did I? What four teams I said there? three in yeah. 400 miles. Oh, well, you're talking about all National League too. Yeah, because yeah. The, yeah. AL, the AL West is not – The Junior League league. doesn't matter, man. Yeah. Yeah, the Yankees We're talking swept, about, the Yankees swept we're the talking about the senior league. circuit right now. Yeah, it's, yeah. And yeah, the the AL West really doesn't intrigue me. You got two teams in Texas, which is your first problem. That's right, huh? Houston and the Rangers. But the the disasters are still way up in first, are they not? They yeah. are two games up. Oh. Two games ahead of the Astros and four games ahead of the Angels. And I believe the Angels got swept by the Bronx Bombers this week. That's fine. It's so great. Less, lesser of two evils. Yeah. Oh, go blow me. <laughs> hey man, we're on we're on the air. I'd even pull for ties. Shoot me better, guys. <laughs> but yeah, the I think the AL Central is the only division that comes close to the NL West in terms of that little bit of tight knit. Because uh, all those cities, like Chicago and Milwaukee, well, Milwaukee's in the National League now, but Chicago and Detroit and. Minneapolis. I mean, it's all the same crap. Milwaukee's you know? in the cellar. Chicago and Detroit. Uh, yeah, Detroit's th- in third, and no socks. Is Minnesota on? T- no, Kansas City is just yeah, cleaning so up. Yeah, Minnesota City. goes right there, though. They're two behind, one and a half behind. Two behind. Kansas, two, Minnesota's two behind Kansas City. And culturally, that's all the same place. So, <laughs> way, 
How's George Brett playing this year? Oh wait, uh, yeah. he's managing. He's managing the hell out of that front office. I tell you that. The uh, last I saw, the Royals were in line to have like seven guys start on the AL All Star team. Really? If the if the votes hold up through uh, whenever the deadline is, yeah. there's apparently a lot of people in the Kansas City region with not much else to do but vote for the All Star game. So I don't know if the weather's been bad. You know, you think there's probably going to be a lot of kids oh, eight, you know, eight to nine months from now. It's entertainment here, too, but, you know, maybe slightly more options. More entertainment. And, you know, we talk on occasion about Southern California and all of our different things. We love to talk about how great it is here. It's a terrible, terrible uh, flaw that we have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we're sitting on 21 years now with no NFL teams in the Los Angeles region of Southern California. And all of a sudden, in about eight, seven months, the NFL owners are on the precipice of approving anywhere from one to three NFL teams moving to the region. And I can't help but feeling just a little bit dirty over the whole thing. (laughs) And we've talked in the past about how the Raiders and the Chargers buddying up on a stadium is downright disgusting. That is. I mean, like, Caitlyn Jenner disgusting. (laughs) In the media whore part of it. Not in, like, be who you are, but, you know, don't sell yourself. And that's exactly what these two teams will be doing if they decide to share a building. They will be selling themselves, not being themselves. They'll be themselves. They're not there on the same days. Oh, they will be at least once. I guarantee you, because if they build that building... They've got to play each other. They've got to play each other once. Once. Because they will switch. One of them will switch conferences, and it'll be the Chargers. The Chargers will get booted over to the NFC. And probably the Cardinals or somebody would get... Because they will not split up... They will not split up the Raiders, Raiders with the Broncos and the Chiefs. Yeah, exactly. They would, and you know, ten years ago they shipped uh, Seattle from the AFC West to the NFC right. in the realignment. That's right. So they until until four years ago, Seattle would have been an obvious. Let's move them back and send you know the Chargers over. But now that Seattle's become a decent team, it's like that's, oh, that's a sports town, man. It's 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 actually become a sports town. I don't. Know. I, I've been there. It's it's a beautiful town. It's a beautiful town. They, they they like their sports, man. They like their Mariners. They like their Huskies. They like their freaking. That's a place that has as don't many things. Sounders. Don't forget the Sounders. That's a place that has a lot of stuff. Sounders, that's right. I mean, <laughs> that's a place that would not need a single professional sports team, and they would be just fine. Well, that's true. They got Pearl Jam. <laughs> and enough coffee that they forgot what they did 20 minutes ago. <laughs> this whole deal coming up in LA, the Chargers and the city of San Diego have now sat through two negotiating sessions. Um, and <laughs> the mayor of San Diego, he really wants to put it to a public vote. To build the stadium down there, even though he wants the Chargers and the NFL to pay three hundred million of the whole thing, and 
both both sides look like they're really not that interested in getting a deal done. I think that we're going to see the Chargers in Carson uh, in 2017, 2018. I got to say, if that happens, the Chargers are in for a rude awakening. Well, yeah, because even if the Raiders don't come down, there's going to be more Raider fans than Charger fans in that stadium. Well, not just that. What's up, guys? This is Jarrett. This is Patrick. This is David. And we are Haster, and you're listening to Swoops World Radio. Yeah, baby. Peter just went dead. Yeah, uh, somebody, uh, I don't know who, uh, <laughs> we're not telling uh, who, right? Turned off the uh, power <laughs> on the uh, power strip over there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we maintained our connection the entire time. Uh, yeah, we, yes. we were good, yeah. So, you, you know, you, the you, board you, goes you down were, It was right when I you leaned forward. You were saying about the Chargers. I, you know, the Chargers have... I, in my opinion, abused the city of San Diego. Absolutely. Uh, for every pro 20, team, every pro uh, team abuses some their more city. than others, and I definitely think uh, San Diego falls in that category. I yeah. think they're going to show up here, and there, there's a reason there's not been a team here for over 20 years because in LA, the cities here will not put up with that abuse. I'm not saying mm. I'm not saying they're not. That they don't sometimes put out. I'm just saying that the Chargers just ran circles around the city of San Diego. Up here, they're gonna. It's gonna be different. They're not but, gonna have free reign like they did down there. But the city of Carson also has shown willingness to be a little bit of a doormat. Sure, they let the Cal State system build a college in their town and didn't even name it after their town. True, but the difference they, there they got is the StubHub slash. Yeah. The difference center. there is the city of Carson hadn't got a whole lot of money. So at some point they're gonna the Chargers are gonna have to reach out to other parts of LA and that's where they're gonna be if they think they're gonna come up here and do what they did down there, that shit is not it's just not gonna fly. And I don't know. I, and I'm that's, not a big. I'm and not that's a big where fan of the San Diego ownership because no, I live the Spano, in San Diego the for Spanish a number of family years. are a bunch of schmucks. And exactly. the, the biggest problem with this entire thing is they've got the NFL whispering in their ear saying, "There's all this money, go get it." And it 
you still have to be a functional and effective organization from a marketing standpoint. And they haven't even been able to effectively prove to their fans over 50 years in San Diego that they actually want to field a winning team. I I would say that San Diego Chargers should look at the last San Diego franchise to move up here and see how well that went. They went to the playoffs. After... 35 years. It has nothing to do with the the franchise. It has something to do with the franchise owner. And that's my point. Mm -hmm. And so I think think these franchise owners are making the same mistake that the Sterlings made. Oh, you say mistake in the sense that... They won't spend the money? Granted. He wouldn't spend the money. Donald Sterling made made a fuck ton of money the entire time that they were up here. Even when they were terrible, the... For almost his entire tenure, and, and so. it, to, to me, to me, I look at I look at the Spanos ownership, and they are not a whole lot different. Maybe not oh. the racism. Maybe not the racism. No, but they're but slum they're lords. not a whole lot of difference between they're just them and the Stockton slum lords rather than exactly. you know, L.A. slum lords. Exactly, and so they're going to come up here and they're going to play the game the same way. They're going to put out just a marginal. I I mean, I hope I'm wrong. Uh, for for Charger fans, I'm not one. Uh, I hope I'm wrong for them. I think they're going to come up here and they're going to do exactly. They're going to look at this. Oh, what a golden opportunity! They're going to go up here just like Sterling did, and they're going to do just enough for many, many, many years, and never really produce. Uh, are and they still trying to what, recoup the funds they spent on that fucking quarterback back in the day? Who was his name? Uh, Ryan Leaf. Leaf. <laughs> no, I think they moved on from there. Yeah, they moved but on but from whatever, that's, that's whatever second team comes now. here. Will probably put them to shame, I imagine, uh, just as the other NBA team well, here put. Uh, well, but but the Lakers moved here long before. Long before, long too. before, and it depends on who that other team is. But I just think, and I, I just think if, it's going to be. If a bad you thing look at any team who's looking to relocate right now, they're all poorly run franchises. The Jaguars, true. The Vikings are the most functional. The Vikings, Rams, and I would Rams, argue... Rams are a good-run franchise. I just don't want them I don't think here. they're a very good-run franchise at all. It's all relative. But, I mean, but the, I, I would say that the Vikings and the Chargers are the two best run of the teams that have been looking to move. And that's a, that's a pretty, pretty backhanded compliment. I mean, yeah. you're talking about Bless their them, heart. yeah. Exactly. As as my Minnesota relatives would say, you're talking about in, compared to the current Raiders, not the historical Raiders. No, but, no. but the current Who's Raiders shit are yeah. piss poor run. You brought I a mean, point. You're tag, tagging off of that. Every one of these brilliant freaking owners who leaves these teams to their shitty ass kids. Why? Look at the Lakers. Look at the Raiders. Look at this dipshit that was in line off selling, to, in line to take over the, the shit and then give the kids exactly the, uh, because <laughs> the, because the Steelers. That's why. Oh, they were, yeah, the, because of the Roonies. The they, Roonies. They're the only they're, 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 they're the work. one successful yeah. one in the whole in the whole. Not working in Denver. <laughs> and he hadn't even taken over yet. He hadn't taken over. He's taking credit though. This is the owner of the Denver Broncos. Everything is fine. <laughs> Have a good night. Yeah, good night. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it seems from what, I, from what I've gleaned from the reports, and granted, you know, investigatory journalism. Because you gleaned, and that's a lot of, you, that's, but, it's like perusing. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not just. I picked up some scraps. It's not skimming, man. That's, you, you're in. You're um, in. But it, it appears that. 
the Chargers' ownership has no real interest in getting a stadium built in San Diego unless they get it for free. And it appears they've that, already put money down on this thing in Carson. Yeah, yeah. And it appears that the city of San Diego. Granted, I I think they've made more of a good faith effort, but I think they are also playing a lot of politics in the sense of like, oh, we because they, you know, the San Diego local government has been such a train wreck for so long and they've been such a doormat for the Chargers for so long that this guy who's currently the mayor kind of rolled in on a wave of no new taxes, that kind of stuff. So he is playing some politics and saying, here's what we are going to counter with. And the, I think what the city, uh, what the, what the, the citizens stadium advisory group, you know, this, this uh, task force that, they came up with i think what they have put on the table is a reasonable starting point where the nfl and the chargers hold all the chips to say we will pay half or less of what you're asking us to and the city will say we will make that happen but the the chargers ownership is basically and the nfl too are basically both looking at that and considering it a non-starter so uh doesn't appear to be any real interest on the part of the people who hold the power to make anything happen down there. So I don't know. It's just frustrating because I don't want to burn all my charger stuff. <laughs> if they if they seriously come up here, I will literally never spend another dime on NFL anything. Not seriously, I'd probably go to a game or two. I've been there games before. And that's that's the other thing I think the Chargers are, are miscalculating uh, because I don't think the people up here will love them because I won't I won't ever go to a game and I, I think the people in San Diego they will never be, make the trip north. right because they'll be pissed huh. and I think you're wrong. I don't think I don't so. Think you don't think one soul from San Diego would come? Oh, I'm not saying that. I'm, all I can tell you is ever. that people in San Diego already have the little brother complex about right. everything else. You know what? People say that shit all the time, and then their fucking teams move, and they go fucking go. Really? How I, many people from San Diego are Clipper fans? I know tons of people who... Nobody. I know tons of people from L.A. to go up to Oakland every freaking... Well, those people have a problem. They put tinfoil on their shoulders. They were pissed off when they moved, but yet they fucking fly up there a couple times a year. Those are the same people that fly and drive everywhere to see the Raiders, though. They're insane. It's fine. They wear the same shit to Dodger games, and then they crack people over the head with mini bats. You know? Allegedly. Allegedly. I know. I've seen it. (laughs) I have witnessed this shit. I had, I had been there. I seen it. <laughs> but, no, I, I really think that if the NFL and the Chargers, especially, consider that Southern California is one, one giant conglomerate entity that will just glob onto a team and follow them and like them, I think that they are sorely mistaken. Granted, if you're going to lose out on four million people and theoretically have a 10 million person fan base it's a win for them yeah financially that's, a, that's what they're doing they're playing the number and that's yeah and that's exactly and with no team in got, orange county it's actually closer to 20 million it's like 18 or something like yeah. that it's so yeah that's those simple numbers for them because uh, they know over time and i think gain and that. i think that if the chargers come up here they won't lose the orange county market they won't lose no. any market. No, they will. They'll yeah. lose the there's San people, Diego. There's people that, are, people that are here that drive down to San Diego to see the games every 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 every, every home game. I don't think they're going to lose any market. They're, they might lose 
a few, but I, I don't. Th- I don't think they're they're going to be playing in an empty stadium at all. No, I don't think it'll be an empty stadium, but it's not going to be the big win they think it is. I don't. I, I, I'm sure they'll make more money either way. Oh yeah. I mean, that's what the Spanos do well. Yeah, but. That's what every they, NFL owner does. But I can, no. I can, no. Some they, of them suck. Some of them but, suck. Well, they, they, like the some, of them, some of them are less good. Those guys don't go freaking broke, believe me. Oh, <laughs> no, none of them go broke. But some make a lot more money than others. Well, yeah, and, they're right. They're, you know, they're, they're, they're in the right market and they should <laughs> be in the right market. <laughs> I just, just seeing the. Just taking the temperature of the public down there right now, how they feel about what the people Chargers. say right now, and what they do when it happens is two two freaking things, two separate things, two separate things. You guys know that. Yeah, but I, I I think it will get worse if they move. I don't think it'll get better. Listen, listen. I I I, I, remember, I, think, I, think, I remember Ram fans, diehard Ram fans, went ape shit when they moved to St. Louis. Ape shit. They still freaking follow and still freaking cheer. Yeah, them. I know a few of they them still, too. And, and and they're out there marching right now, going, they're on their way back. We're gonna have the Rams back. Blah blah blah. They got they got listen. What do you call those uh, those fan clubs that go to bars yeah. and watch? And them. where would you rate the mental stability of the people? I hate, talking about? I would say. Oh my gosh, you think that you think the, the down south there the, the, that IQ is way higher? Uh, no. no, I would say this was. But I think that those are the same people that would be lighting Charger jerseys on fire for the next three. Do you remember years. all the fools that lit the LeBron jerseys on? Yeah, fire? Yeah, and they're all they've all bought new ones. And exactly. The NBA made a bunch of fucking money exactly. off of it. Exactly. No, this uh, this is why I don't. It's I won't stop liking the Chargers as a team if they move here. Like the players that play the football game, but you wouldn't go to a game. Wouldn't, you wouldn't go to a game that's actually no. Uh, I will never two hours closer to home. Never spent no. It wouldn't be two hours closer to home. It'd be an hour and ten minutes closer to home. But I would never spend another dime. Oh, you get there early the before NFL. the before, before on the, the NFL period yeah. because it's already a money sucking scumbag organization. You, do you spend money on the NFL now? I I do. No, I have. I, I don't. On I don't several think. instances, spent uh, money they on They don't come on free freaking TV. I think paid to go to games. I've watched their games on free TV, which they get money for me watching. Mm-hmm. Well, that's have you, haven't, bought, you haven't spent money. I have yet. bought apparel. I have been to games. Well, I have, and I will never buy any more. I would say, listen, I would say that the Chargers moving up here is a bit more like uh, the Indianapolis Colts. Moving to Baltimore, right? That was an ugly breakup. People that, there were not happy. That, that now was, they got really happy when they got another team, but they that were, won the Super Bowl, right? Uh, but I think it's more like that. We're like there was some bad blood for a bad while there, right? Wasn't the last. circumstances around that one were different? It doesn't different. last. Man. They were different. They were different. Last. I totally admit they were different, but I think it's sort of it doesn't last. It never does. People say that shit, and you know, you, know the, the, you, you, you may never spend another dime. Wait, wait, but up, nobody in Indianapolis up, is cheering other... for the Baltimore Ravens. No, but it didn't hurt. It didn't hurt the owners who moved the team down there. I, I'm not saying it would hurt the owners. I'm talking about the fans. But they pick up new fans. That's my point. I'm it, talking about the fans in Indianapolis were pissed. They were angry. They the were fans in Baltimore were pissed. No, he's talking about the Colts. No, okay, yeah. remember. When they went, when they moved to Indianapolis, Colts moved it's to. Like, it's like when the, the Bal- Baltimore it's, it's like they became the, the Ravens, it's like right? When the Oilers, no, no, the, Oilers the Baltimore moved. Colts moved oh, to other Indianapolis. Way around, other way, right, right, right. 
point they is, they did it overnight. I mean, they did it, like it overnight. They packed their shit. They like did. On Rams, Rams did the but same there was, thing. There was like there was no. They're like done. We're out of here. Good. It, and it did help that they shortly thereafter got a team. But my point is, is there was no, there was, there were no people driving from Baltimore to Indianapolis. There was no. It was no. like it was ugly. It was mean. It was like they were angry there. I would see that as being more like what's going to happen if it happens, uh, if San Diego moves to LA. I, I'm with you. I think there will be There's, a lot of betrayal. Know, real, of- real or imagined, there is this feeling down there that they are not LA and they yeah. don't want to be LA and they are not just part see, of the if, Southern California. If, Monolith. The Chargers moved well, no to reason, somewhere in North County. No reason County. nobody wrote, drove from Baltimore to Indianapolis, Indianapolis is 578.4 miles. Yeah, but your argument is... It's an hour and ten minutes away, as wait, he wait, says. Wait, 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 wait. But your argument is that people will drive an hour and ten any further. distance. No, that's not my argument. My argument is with San Diego and L.A. Okay, how far away is San Francisco or Oakland? And how I, far is San Francisco, Oakland, and L.A.? There's a bunch of fools that fly up there all the time. That's your argument. And, here's and there my... weren't a bunch of fools that flew or drove from Baltimore to Indianapolis. That's my yeah. argument. And I so your argument is, is they'll fly any distance. And I'm like, no, they'll they fly won't. any distance. I'm just saying there's a there's a there's a how number. far how far is Baltimore to say distance? But there's a number. There's a there's there is a a number that will leave the area they came from to go watch their team play. And then you add that to the number of people who live in the area that they've moved to, they don't lose anything. They don't lose anything. Oh no, I agree. The teams lose, are going to win. Lose, they don't lose a fan base. They don't lose yeah, no, money. We covered that. No, I, I agree with you. The team's going to win. Gonna, if they move up here, they gain numbers. It's like what I said. Bodies and it, dollars. It, it, listen, but the Lakers haven't lost Diego, a dime since I said, "Screw you! I'm not cheering for you anymore." No, they and haven't. Right, so that's, that's my point. But how do you feel it's, about it? Huh? Do you feel better? Hating the Lakers? I'm getting I'm getting over because there's somebody about to retire pretty soon. Okay. <laughs> that's that's but during this time, how would you feel rooting for them? Have having to root for them with Kobe. Having to? I, I, this is free will. Man. I agree. And free will down there is a bunch of people that are gonna choose to root for the fucking Cardinals or the 49ers before they root for the Chargers and the Raiders again. Exactly. The people down there don't ever root for the Raiders. No, I they're know. all bolts. But they'll, but root, they'll, they'll, they'll root for they, Fortnite. They're going to look for the next closest team, and they're going to go uh, to Arizona, Arizona and San Francisco. Right. You're talking about seven hours I either direction. There, I think there's a small number of those. I don't think so, dude. I, I really don't. Bigger number. And I, I am I, – I, I like to think of myself as more rational of a sports fan than, <laughs> than people might think. Yeah, you might think of yourself that way. I'd like to think of it. You yeah, know? Like I to. know that I am occasionally over the top in the bag one way or the other, but I really think that San Diego Chargers ownership is playing, they're overplaying their hand here. Yeah. And, I agree. I'm and they 100%. are going to truly sully their their name in the, the southern part of Southern sucks, California. So that's and, okay. and Brooklyn's still pissed off at the Dodgers. They are? Yeah. <laughs> oh, they've got, you know, beards and women's jeans now. So they're and they have two or three other teams they can now cheer for. Yeah. Which San Diego doesn't have. 
That's the thing. It won't have. San Diego, if the Chargers, if the Chargers leave San Diego, they will be the largest city in the United States of America with one major professional sports franchise. And, and that's assuming you consider the Padres a major professional sports franchise. Well, they're still in the, they're still in the, oh, well, still out. You guys are switching. Because uh, <laughs> I pay for beer, I get to, <laughs> I get to not switch. Oh, I see. <laughs> All right. Where are we at here, brother? Uh, I don't know. I'm about done. Yeah. <laughs> you still in that soapbox? Or? <laughs> we we seem to have moved into hey, a hey, 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 Don't take it personal. I'm I just, think uh, that you are underestimating the amount of ill will that the Chargers ownership has worked Garnered. up in yeah. San Diego County. Hey, like it, it, they've, they've, they've built up a ton of ill will, and if they actually stayed in San Diego... They might they they have overcome an oppor- that. They have the an fact opportunity. that they wouldn't yeah. will just send people nuts. They, they have a real opportunity. The city and county of San Diego have both offered up over $100 million each in cash, plus another $200 million in, we're just going to sell this land and give you the money for it. I don't it. think that's right. You don't think it's right for them to do that, no, or you don't man. think that? I think they should fork out the money, their own money, and shit. The team, yeah, yeah, I think so too. And they're clearly not willing to do it. They're willing to build half of a stadium up here, and they're willing to build, but they're not slightly taking, less they're than not half take, of a stadium. They're not taking, in San they're not taking the public's money by building a stadium, by building half a stadium, by partnering up. It's they'll get better ROI, man. They won't get better ROI. The the taxpayers will, but the team is going to spend more money if they build this stadium up in Carson. I mean, they're going to spend... You've got to think long-term, man. you got to think long-term. Well... Don't be short-sighted, brother. But we're not talking about... We're not talking about, like, some Japanese business where they look 50 years into the future. We're talking about <laughs> professional sports where you fire, you, where like you fire a guy if he goes 14-2 and two and loses in the playoffs. We're talking about the most short-sighted industry in America, which is the most short-sighted the most, country on the and planet. And the most short-sighted team yeah. in that industry. They're going to think a long-term act they slide leaf. I think they're just gun shot. Well, this, this whole thing... <laughs> Such a shit show. Oh, my God. Success! There's people over there. His heart on his sleeve. I kept stirring it. I kept stirring it. I'm like, what's his name? And, uh, uh, what's that movie? What's that that fucking mafia movie with Joe Pesci and those guys? Good fellas. Good fellas. I'm stirring the sauce and look at the helicopters. (laughs) Finally, I got him to explode. (laughs) My job is done. (laughs) A lot of work, though, bro. You may work for that one. He uh, saw it. I don't think you saw it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, he fucking went him until he blows. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, Can't man. take this abuse anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I come here to drink beer. <laughs> exactly. There you have it. Another edition of T-Bone!
No show next week live, but of course we the archives are always playing, and uh, we'll be back in two weeks. And uh, I think the Moss Brothers are, I guess, in two weeks. I'll have to check that out. But uh, it'll be on the website. And such any big great words of wisdom from the fellas? Don't cheer for the Chargers. <laughs> Probably the smartest thing he's ever said. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for listening to Swoops Road on the Talk Story Radio Network and all the ways you listen to us on the Talk Stream Live as well as the Swoops Road app. Uh, you know, iTunes is archived. You can find it on our, our site and what such. Dream as if you'll live forever. Live as if you'll die today. Good night, all. Good night. The views and opinions expressed by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Talk Story Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. 